What's up, guys? It's Jared from the Corner Booth. Do you like living balls out? Oh boy, do I have a spot for you. Over 200,000 customers happily agree Ballsy is the best place for men's grooming products for your man area. Free of BS chemicals like paraben and sulfate made right here in the U.S. of A. Go to Ballsy.com, use promo code BELLYUPSPORTS, all capitals. Ballsy is an official sponsor of the Corner Booth Podcast and Belly Up Sports. You are now in the Corner Booth Podcast, a sports podcast from Belly Up Sports and the Belly Up Podcast Network. Here is your host, Jared Clinton. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Corner Booth Podcast. I'm your getting older host, Mr. Jared Clinton, alongside our stack guy and intern, Mr. Samir, uh, my right-hand man and partner in crime, Mr. Kev, and host of the Tailgate on the Quad Pod. And a man who I will give up birthday plans for, for an introduction. This man is a family member of the podcast. Section 10 pod, Barstool, uh, Barstool Sports, and Bleacher Report. Please welcome friend of the show, a free man, Steve Peral. Let's go! Woo, let's go. go. All right, that was a great let's intro. Go. I'm, I'm fired up. You also forgot. You forgot one of his jobs. I'm sorry, the man's got a resume that's as long as the Declaration so, of Independence. What do you want me to do? <laughs> the live BP show on WEEI. True, that's his it's newest acquisition. It. I'm telling you, it's taken over the universe. Uh, me and Rob Bradford talking baseball. I want to widen it more from the Red Sox. I want to talk more just like baseball because uh, then it's a lot of carryover from Section 10. I don't want to just do the same show like on EEI. So yeah. trying to get Rob to talk a little more, uh, you know, your D-backs, spread it out a little bit. Definitely talk non- nothing about the Yankees at all. Uh, we'll just avoid that altogether. But um, but no, it's been fun so far. It's a lot of jobs, but I enjoy it. Unprompted. You can talk bad things about the Unprompted Yankees. Unprompted violence. <laughs> Unprompted violence. I love it. <laughs> like, oh, the Yankees lost by five runs last night. That They suck. All right, now to other things that we care about. Yeah, That's it. That's the only Yankees talk you need. That's all we Can't need. There be some kind of mutual respect. Samir, we're from Connecticut. We hear nothing but Yankees talk all fucking day. If you're south of like I-84, you have nothing to complain about. I just, I just got to get this out there that um, Twitter jail is the worst place you can be. There, there is nowhere worse than Twitter jail. It is because you don't know when you're getting free. You have no idea when you're getting free. You never get in touch with any humans. It's only just like the Twitter bots replying to you in email. And I'm just glad I'm back. But my God, it's the worst place ever. I was there for one week and I felt like I was going to die. Yeah, because I went to DM you to ask if you wanted to come on. Because I said to Ke- we didn't have our Xbox. I was like, all right, we should probably bring Steve on. Baseball's getting out, getting close. It's about that time again. And this time, hopefully, the world's not going to come crashing to an end literally the second we get him on. <laughs> so I went to check and all I saw was your boy Carabas, you know, shares my name. So I got to show him some love, even though he's a nut. Um, literally like looking in and i'm like he's like free steve i'm like wait i text him like is he in jail or something like what the fuck and i realized oh i went to your account it's like oh he's been suspended like oh buddy it was bad i mean the way that they suspend you is all like it's all a system it's not like a human suspends you basically if you've been reported for tweeting anything that has like a song violation a movie violation you know just things that you don't have rights to then they'll basically say, all right, that's like, it's kind of like a three strikes you're out, I think, type of thing, where it's like, we've gotten three complaints over 
that's the the issue for me is it's like it's over the course of a decade. Like if I have like, you know, how many how many tweets have I sent at this point? Thousands. If three or four or five of those have copyright issues, I mean, the odds are very high that's going to happen. I shouldn't have to lose my account for an entire week. But um, we're here. We're back. And I'm glad to be back. But I, I just don't recommend it. If you guys were thinking, hey, let me mix it up and get suspended on Twitter. Just don't do it. It's, it's not fun. It's not an enjoyable time. Don't do it. Oh, no. I, so, I guarantee Jared, this. Awesome. I, I have to be more careful, though, with the videos that I make and tweet out. Yeah, buddy, I'm I'm waiting for them to nail you with something. I'm, we got a nail for our, our Bad Boys video. That one got, like, literally attacked within, what, 12, 12 Dude, hours I've we got had, nailed for that? I've had so many videos taken down for Belly Up because of copyright use. The fact it's, is, I'm surprised you're on their short list right now, kid. You literally are bucking for it with them. Pretty much. I mean, he's, he's ready to go to jail, man. I'm telling you, one more, it might it might be the last one. I one think we have to send Steve this video because it's – I don't know if you saw it. Steve, it is legendary level Kevin production. So uh, we'll send it to you after. But, okay. yo. Yep. I would um, send it to you from my personal Twitter, but you unfollowed me, so I'm boycotting <laughs> your Twitter. Unfollowed you? Wait, when did <laughs> yeah. I unfollow you? I have no I idea. I just you. looked to see if it said how many tweets you sent, and it you don't, you don't follow me. Oh, God. Well, that's a problem. We should just address that right now. That, I think we have an accidental unfollow. That's not good. I, I – Basically, every other, like, let's say six months, I just go through and just, like, take – basically, I only follow, like, people that, like, report on the Red Sox. The amount of people I have muted, by the way, endless. But people take that personally. And it's it's not that I'm muting you or unfollowing you as the person. The only thing I want on my feed is, like, is, you know, Verdugo healthy. Like, you know, who's starting the game? That's all I really care about. I don't really need no, anything else. No, that's fine. If, if you mute me, I don't – like – Unless you just I, want a lot no, of Alabama I to, I stuff. And, no, I need to refollow and mute. That, that's what that's what we're gonna we're gonna agree on here. It, it was just happen. a nice flex, you know. Steve Peralt from Section Ten <laughs> follows me on Twitter. Like, what's up? I mean, my favorite was when you follow me, follow me on Instagram, and within 30 seconds of that, we're arguing about Jordans, which I thought was hysterical. I'm like, this is really <laughs> mad about my my opinion on retro threes right now. I was like, okay, we're doing this. Uh, I'm telling you, I, I get very passionate about Jordans. It's I, as I look to my left, I have this whole. I'm very prideful of my sneaker collection. We're up to okay. 50 pairs of kicks. My mom doesn't think that's impressive. I'm like, 50 pairs is good, right? Like, where do, what would you guys consider a very impressive amount of kicks for a collection? I mean, I have 27 right now. I have 28 is on the way. Those blazers I sent you, those are on the way. Those are nice. Those are nice. 28 is impressive too. I feel like 50 is a good number. And I got my own mom chirping. This like, is what I shoot here? for. Like when we blow up, that's what I want in rotation. Exactly. I, I would and say you know, the weird thing is you don't even wear them. Yeah. And I rotate them. I wear every single one of them. I just rotate. Like if you have some of those shoes that are worth $1,000, like let's say you have 10 pairs, but combined they're worth like $50,000. Even though it's only 10 pairs, that's impressive. Nonetheless. Yeah. Or, or like yeah, this. Or you could yeah, be like I Brian know. Wilson with fucking air mags. To like Dude, the damn there's ball. a lot of people. Air mags are ridiculous. If you have air mags, you're <laughs> straight up loaded. There's no well, way around it. Me and Kev talked about the Nike CEO's kid who magically found three in a storage unit somewhere. Three pairs. I'm just like, and all of them were hypothetically in his size. I was, we, we, because it was the only time me and Kev had both of our segments report the same damn story. Because I was irate about my boys. Like, you wouldn't take advantage of my – I'd hook all my boys up with maybe a pair or two and maybe get a girl who I like a pair of kicks that she wants. But that's about it. Like, I would just, like, be, like, sitting on my pairs. I would not be, like, flexing a business on it because that's how you get caught. Yeah, the, that's 
I, I saw that story and honestly, I thought it was funny just because it's like, in what world were you not going to get caught for your mom hooking you up with kicks? A company fucking credit card. That's like, that's just like, really? <laughs> but also like minus the credit card, I, I feel like maybe I'm, I miss like, you know, understood the story, but minus the credit card, isn't it just blatantly obvious with the amount of kicks he has that he's getting some from his mom? Well, the no, problem- she didn't know. It's the right. Oh, yeah. She had no idea what was going yeah, on. Had, yeah, oh, I bet. Yeah, he just, this kid's out here. He's probably like, well, however old he is, 18, and he's just like doing the whole look at me with like 8 million pairs of shoes behind me. I wonder where you got those, buddy. Just yeah, I, I hated every second of that. Yeah. I mean, I saw his, I saw like the pictures of his, from his IG because Nice Kicks posted them. I was like, holy crap, this, I counted because I, you know, Steve, you know, the Flint 13 is my favorite kick, and he yeah. had a wall, garage wall, like, 18 by 40 pairs high. And I'm like, no wonder I had to go through a connect that got him from Europe to get my pair. Like, what the hell? But why does it take, what I didn't understand is why it takes us finding out that he used like the credit card. Like, isn't it obvious? Well, the box connection was his mom. Well, he had bots and he had connections. So it was like, Kev even brought this up. If this dude knew about surprise drops, it would have been a wrap. Yeah. He had to. that would have been my issue with it. If he knew about surprise drops, that's the biggest issue. Like, if you're using a credit – it wasn't a company credit card. It was just a credit card he opened in his mom's name and then using her discount. Like, I don't care about that because there are two Nike stores, one in Oregon and one in Tennessee, that are company stores that if you're a Nike employee, you can shop at. Yeah, which so I like. It, I think that's kind of cool. It's not just him. It's – Every Nike employee can do it, even though he's not an employee. So I don't have an issue with that. I have an issue with when he knew about surprise drops were coming so he could get on immediately and get them. Yeah. It yeah. was weird. I worked, in a, I worked at a secret store for like almost a year, and like we only knew about surprise drops within like 24 hours, and it's only people who were on shift. So like when the Black Cat 13s dropped, we knew about it a while in advance. But when the True Blue OGs came out, we literally found out like we were how many pairs we were getting a week in advance when we were getting them. So like we couldn't tell our friends and family, and they had a one per one per um employee limit. So like guys couldn't yeah. be copying them. Cause I got my my True Blues, which were two hundred fifty dollars sneakers for a hundred fifty dollars after discounts yeah. and everything else. Yeah, I think there was probably a lot of people that try working at Foot Locker thinking they're gonna be the dude with the you know the cool picture <laughs> with all the kicks in the background. It's like it's not gonna happen, buddy. But I'm not gonna lie, since I've gotten into the uh, the custom sneaker game. It's very hard, and this isn't like a flex at all. It's very hard for me to go back to like just the regular like Jordan release. Like it's because the prices aren't that much different if you do, uh, if you get them on resale. Let's say like the Jordan, the trophy rooms, by the way, those trophy room ones are incredible. Mm -hmm. And I knew I wasn't going to get my hand on them. And then I, you know, my hands, (laughs) I only have one hand. And so I was going to have to go to StockX and the resale was ridiculous. Whereas if I get custom uh, Jurassic Park Jordans, which are now my favorite sneakers ever, all together it's like 450, 400, 450. Whereas if I got a resale for like the the trophy rooms, it would be like 3,000 or like 2,000 or something. So it's, I feel like more people should be into the, I, I always thought that I had to pay like a thousand bucks for those sneakers. It's not the case. I do want to do a custom pair eventually. Like I want to get like maybe a pair of like all white 13s and just get them done up. Like one of the coolest things I thought about, maybe maybe this maybe one too many times, just thinking about sneakers when when I'm uh, hitting the sauce. But uh, <laughs> I want to get like my tattoos, like our versions of them thrown on my sneakers, like something like that, because I love That'd my tattoos. So much. But like that'd be like so much like 
customization. That'd be like a new level of crazy. But yeah. yeah. So boys, well, I respect it though. I respect it. What What's yeah. the most expensive pair of shoes you guys own? Um, they are Jordan threes. They're black cement Jordan threes from 2011. They were six hundred dollars, and I, uh, I got them at a flight club. Ooh. Uh. I guess if they weren't shot to shit, it'd be my uh, Green Glow fours because they only were released once. But I got them, beat the crap, and I restored them, and then I beat the crap out of them myself. Um, <laughs> the other ones I got that are really expensive, I would say my Concords are, are like the price just keep, but the, it's a, a sneaky one though. My Island Green Foam Posit Pros, the Hawaiian Green ones, those shot up in value this like after a year. It was crazy. Yeah. They were valued below stock price for the longest time. And I go and check because I was. The, my buddy sent me the uh, Soul Collector app, so I made my port, my sneaker portfolio, right? And I saw the average price. It shot up almost $150. I'm like, I didn't even pay this with tax. I'll take it. But yeah, yeah so those seriously. Are right now. I, yeah, I love how, like, sneaker value changes based on, like, events and, like, current stuff. Getting a pair of Kobe's right now, basically impossible. Dude, I I got the, um, they're, like, Kobe 1s. They're, I, I don't know what they those actually, they have, like, a specific name, but they're black with, like, purple trim. And Those they weren't the crazy. Ceremony. I think it was like, yeah, I think it was like upper two. It might have been like three, two eighty or three hundred or something like that. And it wasn't wild considering, um, you know, that we lost Kobe. But it, yeah, it, it's sneakers. It's funny. I mean, I'm getting more into the sports cards game, and mm. it's very, it's a very funny concept to me that like, let's say I don't know, Porzingis goes out there and drops like forty, then all of a sudden his value for the cards is going up. It's like what based off of this game against the Hawks. In like March, that doesn't make much sense at all. But it's it's a thing. Like the the sports cards market for how much the value of a card is worth changes so quickly. Like Drew Brees stuff has gone through the roof through the roof in the last week. Yeah. Um. So I'm paying more attention to that and trying to get into it. But it's an expensive hobby. I wouldn't really recommend it. I I've seen like guys like Gary Vee doing it for making profit, and I've seen like either guys I follow like on TikTok and Instagram who do it. And that would be the only thing for me is like just doing like sites that just keep you keep you having possession of it, but you don't actually have the actual cards. You can sell it right away. Like let's yeah. say Jamar Chase gets drafted by my Eagles at six, right? And he uh, he him and Hurts light it up in their first game against the against the Washington football team. His stock price goes up. I'm selling every Jamar Chase card I've got because he everyone's getting that whole Justin Jefferson rookie of the year hype, even though it's been one game because everyone oversells on anything sports related. So yeah, that'd be pretty cool to do as well. I think we should just hit the elephant in the room right now, guys. Uh, since we have two Patriots fans here, we got talking about free agency because I I titled it today. I said, Kev, if you wanted to do a Star Wars post draft, this would be hysterical. Free agency 2021, Belichick strikes back. This is just like the last 24 hours, I've been getting text messages from all my friends who listen to the show, and they're like, buddy, I cannot wait for you trying to defend yourself against Kevin. To be fair, I honestly, when Kevin said that bold prediction of the Patriots spending money, I was almost like, you know, Watch they do, and Kevin comes off looking like a fucking genius, and we're never going to hear the end of it. But the crazy thing is they had, what, $40 million in cap room, and some of these contracts are so backloaded. No. It's not even going to ma- – oh, they're not they're more or they less. Had six, they had like $60 million in cap room. Woof, even 63 worse. or something. Wow. Yeah, it was high. Oh, my God. So, yeah, no, I knew they were in the top 10 for cap space. So They were in the top three. I just said top 10 because I, I hadn't looked at the list in a couple hours. Hey, top but, 10 ain't wrong. Yeah, I wasn't wrong. I just wasn't completely right. Um, so basically 
I'm looking at the Patriots right now. And so I've seen two camps, and I'll let the two Patriots fans take a lead on this. One, every, one, there's the hype crew. There's everyone who's getting hype as hell. I'm seeing, like, oh, Patriots and Bucks Super Bowl 56. And I'm also seeing the ones who are just hating on Cam Newton right now. So, Steve, you are our guest. What are you thinking about your Patriots right now? Are they starting to build momentum in your brain, or are you still a little, like, kind of pessimistic? Like, you're holding your ground a little bit on what you're thinking about for the season. Yeah, Cam Newton can't throw the ball. Uh, that's actually absolutely a problem. If you have a quarterback that can throw the ball, you have a chance. And I, I hate when people throw, like, random stats at me, like, oh, well, if you look at his, like, adjusted completion percentage when it's not raining, like, I Cam Newton can't complete passes. It doesn't matter. Everyone's like, oh, look at the options he had. Like, you could have Randy Moss in his prime. He would still throw it at his feet. Um, Randy Moss is actually a great example because he wouldn't be able to reach him. He wouldn't be able to throw it far enough. So Cam uh, re-signing did nothing for me. If anything, when people said that that was going to give them more of a chance to sign free agents, I'm like, really? These guys are going to come here because of Cam Newton? I don't really see that. Uh, but yeah, having the my biggest takeaway from the additions is as a fan, it's a ton of fun when you have a dynamic tight end duo. That's just fun. It's especially for a guy that doesn't want to throw the ball that far down the field. You want to have big targets, guys that can uh, rack up completions, get the ball down the field, keep you moving, get you out of these third and short situations that they seem to suck in last year. Um, I do enjoy that aspect of it, but until they have a quarterback that can legitimately throw the ball, I'm not really that excited overall. I will say Cam was at his best when Greg Olson was at his best. Yeah, so, no, it's true. I'll throw up to one of my you boys. So, uh, Kev. I know you've been chopping at the bit this one all day. You were amped as hell in text messages. The floor is yours, my friend. So I have a couple takes on these. Uh, <laughs> a lot of people are complaining about over-signing, or overpaying, rather. Uh, outside of Matthew Judon, a lot of people are saying we overpaid. I do think we overpaid for Jalen Mills. I think it's that's writing on the wall that either Chung's gone, and Chung cucked everyone. He's like, oh, big news coming yeah, later. Yeah, news. Did, oh, the big news is I saved a bunch of money with Liberty Mutual. thanks patrick uh really really helpful that one uh but i think it's either he's gone and they're gonna keep mills at strong safety or uh they're gonna trade gilmore and put mills back at corner i think those are the two options as an eagles fan who watched jalen mills from day one and has been a big fan of his and was a little heartbroken when i saw him get signed by you guys um Mills is at his best when he's a strong safety. That man plays with two at 2,000 miles an hour, diving at running back's legs, wrapping him up. For such a skinny guy, he honestly is one of the best tack- – like just he just makes the most ridiculous-looking tackles, but they still happen. Um, his natural position is safe. That's what we play at LSU, but they convert him to corner in Philadelphia because basically they had nobody his first year. And also, on top of that, he only, the only reason he wasn't a higher-round pick was because he got into legal trouble literally a month before the draft, so he fell to the seventh round. So the talent's always been there at safety. So everyone's like, oh, my God, Mills' value skyrocketed at safety. I'm like, huh, it's almost like the Eagles shouldn't have been morons and should have put him there from draft day. <laughs> but, you know, that's just. I feel just, like you could say that about the Eagles a lot. But very easy, I, easy. It's a low-hit zone. My birthday's tomorrow. Leave me alone. I, I do think, though, that it's probably going to spell the end of Chung's second stint in New England. Uh, they have Duggar and him. I feel like they're the next safety duo they're going to have, like McCordy and Chung. I think McCourty's 32, Chung's 33. They're on their way out. Uh, Judon's great because I don't think Dante Hattar has many years left, which it pains me to say as, as an Alabama fan, I love Dante Hightower. But there were rumors he was going to retire. So 
even though Judon's more outside, Chunk or um, Hightower's become more inside linebacker. Uh, it'll help having him. But on to the offensive acquisitions. I don't love the Aguilar or the Bourne signings. I think they're a. We still don't have a number one receiver, which is a problem, regardless of the quarterback situation. Uh, Jules is getting up there in age. Uh, Jacoby Myers, as good as he looked, I think he's always going to be a number two receiver. But Cam Newton will do well. It's You have Johnny Smith, Hunter Henry, two big body athletic guys who can catch the ball. But I think Cam Newton was signed as a placeholder. I think this spells, this is a rookie quarterback offense. It, that's what Cam Newton's skill set is at this point. He can probably read a defense better than a rookie, but he cannot throw the ball like a rookie could. So I think this set this spells the Patriots are going to take a quarterback first round, hopefully trade up and get my boy Mac Jones. But oh, please no. <laughs> God, Mac why Jones are you not a fan? It's, it's Steve, explain yourself. You're about to break Kevin's heart right now. I'm just so out on Mac Jones. Here's the thing. A lot of people love breaking down X's and O's. I watch him, and I just see a guy that's going to be stiff in the pocket, not be able to move, and he's going to get destroyed when he doesn't have some of the best receiving talent on the planet around him. That's that's you, where I'm at with Mac Jones. I see Did you watch point. any of the Senior Bowl practices? Do you think I watched the Senior Bowl? <laughs> no, probably not. <laughs> Since you're not a film nerd like me, I wouldn't expect you to, or an Alabama or a fanatic. In double coverage. Hey, his it, I don't guess wh- what guess what, Steve? Guess what? Maybe <laughs> an athletic quarterback? Because last I checked, the Patriots won six Super Bowls with a guy who runs the 40 slower than Stephen Hawking. So Mac Jones is Tom Brady. That's that's who we got coming in here. Also, the senior bowl is not a great example. Even better receiving options than he had at Alabama. So well, unless not. you have no, I, I, I'm just saying you're, you're in a great uh, position to throw to guys that are some of the top talent in the country. But I don't like Mac Jones. Again, this is an eye test thing. I'm not going to go okay. X's and O's. I'm not some, you know, NFL live expert here. But when I'm watching him play, I'm like, oh, I just don't see that translating. But uh, we'll see. Hey, maybe maybe they're high on him. A lot of people have projected that they would go for Mac Jones. Um, and maybe that's the move. But I just can't. I have a hard time believing Cam Newton's going to get the majority of the snaps next year. I really do. I, I don't. I just don't see that happening considering what he did last year. So we'll see. I mean, can I make one more Mac Jones point? Oh God, Please do. Go Kev. Go Kev. I'm not the one making the Tom Brady compare. Well, I did like say we just won. But <laughs> you just did. Tua Tungabailoa said he's a mo- more mobile Tom Brady. Also, yeah, well, he's, I mean, a more, he's more mobile than Tom Brady. I think he was missing one word. If you could just put than. Okay. Then that's fine. So it was the language barrier. Because a lot of people yeah. in Alabama were concerned when he was coming here from Hawaii that the language barrier would have been an issue. Yeah, that's that was tough. <laughs> that's that totally is, issue. That's just not that Kevin gassing himself up right now. Um, I will Alabama. Offer, I will offer one counterpoint to back up my my partner in crime here. I've watched all the quarterbacks and the, like the top six ones from and then Sam Ellinger because I wanted to laugh. Um, on tape. <laughs> And Kevin knows my my film process. Honestly, I, I go through highlights and I go through all 22. The, mo- the most fun to watch, not just because the, they were beating the living shit out of teams, was Mac Jones. Because the progression from last year to this year was ridiculous. Whereas guys like Lawrence, yes, Lawrence started higher than anybody else did, but Lawrence maybe inched up. And that's it. Where Mac Jones went from being a okay quarterback who I had no belief in to, holy crap, this kid's about to get a Heisman shot. And the biggest thing I saw with Mac Jones that proved to me was 
like Kev said, his accuracy on the deep ball was impeccable. Two, dude's got a rocket release. I mean, it's not like Drew Brees fast, but it's still going to get out quick. And in a system that's built for a pocket passer, New England and Mac Jones makes a lot of sense. Now, if he goes to a team that can't block themselves out of a paper bag, he's screwed. But if he goes to a team like a New England, he's a, he's going to be a great player. I think he will be one of the better quarterbacks in this draft class. That is just my... Hey, 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 we'll see. We'll see. I, I'm basing it off of eye test. I don't do a lot of X's and O's with NFL. I just base it off of what I see, and I just don't... I don't get the vibe that the transition is going to be that smooth for him. I think it's it's hard to see what he's doing in college and think he's going to do the same exact thing in the NFL. So You almost have to look when he hits the ridiculous throws. That's I mean, this yeah. is me being my X's and O's nerd. Like, that's my hidden passion in sports is watching football film. Like, I could literally crack a six-pack, sit there for an hour, like four hours, and just not do shit and just watch film. So, Steve, there is my hidden secret kind of weird talent that I have. So, <laughs> in turn. Any, uh, any, uh, since you're, you being a Giants fan, do you have any, um, hope in your life right now after Belichick's coming back for a second round? No. <laughs> well, <laughs> so I, I mean, okay. First off, since when did the New York Giants start becoming a defensive tackle farm system for the NFC North? We're just giving them all up. Lions, Vikings, everybody take one. What is this? What's going on here? We could have kept Dalvin for way cheaper than we than we kept Leonard Williams, and we decided not to. So we lost. I would argue Dalvin Tomlinson's a better leader than Leonard Williams, and then we overpaid Leonard Williams. We signed John Ross, who is speedy as hell. I'll give him that, but injured all the time. I mean, we'll see if it works out. We signed Devonte Booker, which means Wayne Gallman's gone. I don't like the moves we're making right now, and. Looks like we're going to have, I mean, maybe we'll have a, a Belichick-Brady Super Bowl, which, my God, I would just, I don't know I, what I'd do. I'm telling you, anyone that's jumping to that conclusion based off the Patriots additions, I think is a little crazy. I, I don't I don't know how yeah. this all of a sudden propels them to the Super Bowl. I mean, make the playoffs, maybe. Um, so, yeah, I would say pump the brakes on that, but it's 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 going to be better than last year, at least as a oh, captain, and we have that going for us. So, yeah, that's nice. I mean, I think given like a, I think people are just taking the hype of given a good group of guys, Belichick has proven that he could do almost anything, and so now when it seems like he's coming out with a vengeance, everyone's that's just it's kind of the hype train. And well, I don't even know. last year, I mean they they go seven and nine last year, which is overachieving. That yeah. that is absolutely overachieving for the team they had. So you know you put that team together, this you, know, you add the free agency additions, you add the guys back that didn't uh, didn't play because of COVID. I, we'll see, but it kind of reeks of like 10 and 6 to me, which is not terrible, and it's probably back in the playoffs. So that's funny to me that 10 and 6 is a probably back in the playoffs because the <laughs> AFC is is kind of hard to figure out. You might have an 11 yeah. and 5 team sometimes that isn't guaranteed. So, um, yeah, I'm, I'm excited. I shouldn't say I'm not excited with the moves. I am because if they didn't make any moves, it would be like we're not going to be good forever. Like we're, if we're just not going to sign guys, what's Bill's plan? At least he's going after players now, and you know he was sick of hearing all the – the negativity yeah. of like, look at what the Bucks are doing. Look at what Tom's doing. Um, I would have paid good money to see Bill watch the Super Bowl <laughs> and see what that would have looked like. My goodness, that must have been nuts. Nuts as in like he literally says three words the entire game. It's just fuming. There's literal yeah, just, like like you literally could cook like head. you literally could cook like an, like an egg on the top of his head from the steam coming out. Um, people, dude, there were people saying like, do you think Bill's watching? Do you think of course. Bill's watching? Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. 
What are you the talking only people who don't watch the Super Bowl have some kind of ulterior motive for like not watching the Super Bowl, and they those people really need to just get over themselves. They just want um, to tweet about the fact they're not watching, and no one cares. Yeah, they want them. the attention exactly. Um, I can't say shit because my team has basically like the John Travolta meme, just like looking around, wonder what the hell's going on for agency. Our best move yeah. is we resigned the Philly legends, rack them up, my boy BG coming back, um, and took a team friendly deal, which I'm hyped about. Um, apparently. Malik Hooker, that's the only name I've heard we're possibly looking into. Apparently, we now have a cap space somehow, so I don't know. But we'll find out as of tomorrow morning when the league year starts. So it's going to be fun, boys. You, but hey, listen. No, no cap space is not stopping the Saints. <laughs> Facts. Yeah. I mean, They're finding ways, man. They are finding ways. All Taysom's year, so who cares? Any yeah, money that? they have, they're just going to move all their money back. We're just going to yeah. restructure every single deal. Well, Rappaport was on... The, inspir- the inspiration for this podcast, McAfee, and he was, like, talking about how basically they're just kicking the can down the lane. They're eventually going to have to pay up, but the Saints are doing a better job than usual because usually there's a little sloppiness at the end. But, yeah, the Taysom Hill contract is fucking hysterical. All years voidable. And I'm just sitting there like, Taysom, I get it. You're a fucking Swiss Army knife. You're in a true position. But why would you sign this? <laughs> Why are you I just, like, this, if he takes a shot to the knee and it's over his career like no money like he's out i i mean look as long as he doesn't have to play utah state i am fi- i think his knees will be fine um but he's the mormon steve young <laughs> Yo, they've been saying it for years that, it's a he, joke he, steve young is mormon yeah he was quoted who i think who i don't even know who i think was it was it sean payton who said that no it was their gm i think Oh, my God. Either way, I saw that quote. I think I was that was a couple of years ago, too. I was crying. I was like, no way they're talking. Because this was the first time we thought about Drew Brees retiring. I was almost surprised he actually retired. I was like, holy hell, it's actually happening. Like, this man – well, I mean, you saw it, though. His arm looked like a – it looked like Peyton Manning circa 2015. So, when a quarterback <laughs> loses it, it's so apparent. Like, you can mask it in some other sports. When you're the QB and you're getting the ball every snap, you just can't mask it. You can't do it. He, even when he drove on slant routes to Mr. Slant himself, Mike Thomas, who we make fun of endlessly Dude, in the show. saltiest player on the planet. Get off <laughs> of know. Twitter. Just sign off. He just like Everyone should reply to him. Just sign off, dude. Sign off. Just take L's and get out of here. He's the worst. Kevin did a whole segment on it. It was hysterical. I think I was crying the entire time. I was laughing so hard. But He's terrible. Oh, my God. We, we did our top ten receivers because it was basically a roast of Packers fans because we were just ripping on Devontae Adams. Well, I've yeah. come around on calling a top five receiver finally, but um, we were ripping on Mike Thomas and what hysterical to me, his efficiency for slanted in routes is, is insane, but anything outside of five yards, his efficiency drops to like a number three receiver level. And it's hilarious how people, it's like, but I, I was listening with uh, Charles Barkley was on with Bill Simmons last week and he said, now nah, listen, Bill, like he's going over like the, the <laughs> criticism he's gotten from Shaq and other guys, you know, earlier in his career. And he said, the way I dealt with criticism is I'd hear it out first. I wouldn't just lash out like a lot of people do and go, no, like F you. And he was like, I'd hear it first. Think, is it true? Is this criticism true? Instead of me like blasting this person on Twitter, is it true? And then if it was I'd just bite the bullet and I'd get better. Michael Thomas just needs to bite the bullet and just work on it. Stop, like, chirping everybody. It's not everybody else's fault that, like you mentioned, past five, six, seven, whatever amount of yards it is, your efficiency drops noticeably. Just get better. Get better at being a a downfield receiver. It's not like you're going after, like, 
Joey Cahuzzi6543 on Twitter. Like, what, stop. stop, stop. <laughs> I see it every day when we're doing stuff for Bleacher Report for the app uh, for, you know, NFL games. He pops up on our NFL players' Twitter list every single Sunday. <laughs> it's like, shut up. shut up. I've had enough of him. It's constant, man. It's I, not I even that, like, too. It's like, uh, it, it's also that, like, he will, like, be watching games and then actively talk shit about other players. He'll be like, yeah, these guys suck. Like, he just has always something to say. Even when, like, he got his ass whooped the week before, he's like, he, he, he'll go back on Twitter, talk endless amounts of shit. After he got embarrassed, it doesn't even matter. I, I like how he made his Twitter private. Yeah, pathetic. <laughs> that's, a, that's a major L. That's, that's when you get the loss right there, man. If you do that, you lost. My favorite was, I mean, listen, we can make fun of receivers making their, their accounts private. Jalen Rieger, our first-round pick, right? So, I mean, Kev did say he's about, he's due for a bounce-back season, which I respect Kev for because he saw the same things I saw. Here's the thing is when you ever make a pro makes – or even a celebrity makes their account private, like you said, that's an L. But on top of that, you just become an instant meme. And the best part is I'm waiting for the Mike Thomas burners to start popping up. Yeah. I'm like stuck. full Kevin Durant, just like let's get him out there. Found them. We know they're out there. It's just I'm stunned we haven't found them. How are your boys at Bleach Report not found them? You guys find some crazy ass shit, but like apparently those don't, those are like ghosted. Dude, I'm telling you, that's right up BR's alley. I I everyone always assumes I just work on the social team. I've been working for the app for five years, just creating content. But um, it's I what my biggest beef with our social team is that it's always like if LeBron does, if he breathes, we're like 18th year. King, go like let's just let let him do something and then we can do the whole like all caps tweets i hate all caps tweets you got to save them for all caps moments it's one of my biggest beefs with jared not not jared uh, with Carabas. is that like it's all everything's all caps now and now it's kind of defeated the purpose of an all caps tweet you got to earn an all caps tweet in my eyes Steve, I think you still got to put me and Jared in the same room together just for five minutes and see what the <laughs> fuck happens. We're both, we both love the gym. We're both loud as hell. We both love our teams, and that's what it's going to be. And it's going to be fucking musty TV. Tweets. I'm just going to be ripping on them all year. All caps tweets. It's too much. Because then, like, when an all caps tweet moment happens, you kind of already used up your bullets on, like, the <laughs> Devers double. Like, you, come on. <laughs> we got we to gotta save it for the Grand Slam. But anyway. That's when you do it just all lowercase. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Walk-up grand slam by Verdugo. Big moment for Verdugo. That's that's what we'll tweet. We'll just tweet that up. So. Exactly. I mean, also, Jared, you, you do leg day, though, right? Yes. Oof. Don't right, so break you're that. not like Kurat. Okay, I'm so telling, we, it, yeah, like, you I get day. made fun of. I get, my, one of my nicknames in my gym is the Ox because I pushed, like, 700 pounds on the Prowler sled because I want to get back. I almost did the Harrison Challenge a couple years ago. It was, like, I think it was 1,100 pounds. I got... I got like a, I moved it a foot and I fell and almost hit my face. And like they were like, "All right, you gotta try this again." So my boy nicknamed me like the Polak Ox or some bullshit. And I was like, "I'm like I don't like this shit." But yeah, no, I do leg day. I actually I'm, enjoy it. I'm not gonna lie with the leg day. I don't work out at all, which is a joke. But like I'm not gonna lie about the leg day stuff. I've never does it, people really care about like what their legs look like? That's a serious question. Do people, like is it a real thing? As a sort of gym rat i i've noticed people like like it's an e like if you're hitting on a girl who has like who has a little bite and she's talk shit she'll nail you for the legs instantly really i've really? hit a, okay. I've, so like a couple of my friends who are trainers and they've got pretty guys they'll bust my balls about the fact that literally i have like no calves 
but I have like giant, like I have thunder thighs. Like, and they'll, they'll bust my balls about it. It's hysterical. But they're like, dude, you look like a fucking walking triangle. I'm like, I can't help it. I really can't. So, <laughs> but I, I mean, the no leg day thing, just wear sweatpants. That's what my boys do. We don't do leg day. I just, I just wear pants all the time. And it's not because of the legs thing. It's just like, it's like a comfort thing. I don't know. Most shorts I'm wearing, I'm like, yeah, I just, I don't feel like this is the look. Um, but yeah, I mean, I don't know. Being tall kind of changes everything in a good way. Like it doesn't really matter that I'm, at least this is what I've told myself. Like, yeah, you're tall. So you can't really chirp me for that much. Cause I'm tall. Mm. So mm. yeah. I just kept hits, his, hits the liquor a little harder. <laughs> <laughs> that wasn't meant to be an insult. <laughs> that's, it's, that's all good. All right. So we were talking, we were talking uh, LeBron and socks. We got to bring up the elephant in the room. Boys, what the hell happened today? LeBron's part of the Fenway group? Yeah. I, I, have, I have no it's, idea. I saw that, and I, yeah, I immediately was like, it's just a joke. Yeah, your time it was just event, a good yes. Twitter. It was a good Twitter moment. I, I thought it was a cool Twitter moment. I think the easy thing to do is be like, oh, what's the, why is LeBron, you know, with the socks, we hate LeBron. It's like, no, this is kind of funny. I, I care more about, like, the funny tweet than the, the call out, you know, the moment that you're not a huge fan of tweet. So, it's weird, but I'm sure it's like 0.01%. Like, I, I don't know what percentage he actually got, but I can't think it's that high. And um, I just think it's a funny thing. I, I like that we can have that as like a, a Twitter thing now. So I'm a fan of it. But I, you, I hate you it. like rep Indian so hard, like through the whole 20. Like he's, I mean, LeBron's a phony. He, he would wear yeah. a Yankees hat. He rep the Indians. He, when someone's, he's a front runner. He, it's just like Drake. And I love Drake. But like anytime <laughs> someone's doing well or a team's doing well, he's like, yo, that's my boy on that team. Like, okay, whatever, man. I'm shocked. I'm shocked he's not all over the Dodgers right now, and that, but also rooting hard for Mike Trout. That seems like a LeBron thing. It, it would be, it would be, but um, he does have a, I think, very small stake in uh, Liverpool. So, Braun and Fenway Sports Group have had a relationship before. This isn't anything new. I, I hate the move solely on principle, and it's not the principle of hating LeBron. It's the principle of hating Larry Lucchino. So that's what, I hate everything that man does. That man is a, he is out of all the teams that I root for. He is my least favorite owner. What's your, what do you hate that. about Lucino? But he's not even with the team anymore. I still hate him. <laughs> I hate him for years. Him. Like, look, my mom's not with the family anymore. I still don't like her. <laughs> <laughs> Boom. See, there we go. This one last time he like his face was like stone. Nice. Breath. Uh, <laughs> I wanted to see his I reaction because I was knew good. he did remember that. Well, I mean, the last guest we had on before before we, I made a mom joke, and they like were like, "Did you just really rip his mom just now?" I'm like, "Yeah, you have to understand our friendship to get that joke." That was I still good. Like, I, I I do like that. I still like when we had Cruz on, and I called my family to corroborate the story. Oh my god, on live radio, it was fucking hysterical. Uh, it was great. Um, but no, I just I don't like him. Uh threatening to sue the man who caught the out the game winning out in the 2004 that world was series tough. that was tough hate him um oh yeah the team sucks we don't have a coach we don't have any notable players uh we just missed the playoffs by a long shot we're gonna raise ticket prices the ticket price thing i don't even whatever it is what it is i know people like getting upset about it but people are gonna pay it so it's <laughs> who am i to say like hey you can get more money don't do it yeah, that's that's I don't know. I also it's a bad I just, look. It's a bad. It's a bad look. I get I get it. It's a bad look. It's definitely a bad look. But um, the Minkavich thing, I didn't know it was as crazy as it was until we interviewed him a couple weeks ago. And that's what I heard. 
Dude, I had no idea. I had no idea it was to the level where he's like calling Doug when he's in like a hurricane being like, we need this ball. Um, saw Vasquez on like the Red Sox stories. Nesson's done a pretty good job, which is a rare phrase that I say, but Nesson's done a pretty good job with um, the my story thing they're doing with Sox players. And they did one with Christian Vasquez and he just casually was like, yeah, I got the last out from 2018. Um, I think 2013, I'm pretty sure uh, Ross, I'm pretty sure David Ross still has that. Like, no one cares about any of the other last outs. I don't think we even know where the last out from the 04 ALCS is. Who, and yet, who got the last out in 04? I think it was Minkiewicz for both of them. Oh, really? Oh, yeah, because he would have been he would have been at first, right? Pokey to Minkiewicz? I'm pretty sure, unless I'm yeah, no, no, d- no, Mc- yeah, no, because M- M- Mueller Muller wasn't wasn't there in 04, right? What's up, Millar? M- no, no, Millar, no, Millar the third. I don't even um, remember. Like, oh, Bill Miller? You talking about Bill Miller? Bill. I listen, like my my dad grew up, my dad's a diehard Red Sox fan, so like my knowledge of 04 Red Sox is a little rusty, but still like. Dude, it's it's I'll, I'll we were talking about it the other uh, the other week on Section 10, but we'll never have more anxious moments than when we watch the 04 ALCS as Red Sox fans. It's nothing fandom wise is ever going to sniff that it's not, not going to come close to that at all, because my dad's over here. He was in his upper 50s at the time and that like he'd been waiting his whole life for it. Here I am at 14 thinking like if they don't win this, like we're screwed, like I'm not going to see one my entire life. So luckily they actually do. But um I didn't know anything about that last out story. I was kind of stunned. Minkiewicz hates him so much. He was, he was like, if I see you in a dark alley, watch out. I'm like, wow, we haven't heard that one in Section 10 before. That was impressive. But, um, yeah, from that perspective, I get the Lucchino hate. But he's he was one of the more tolerable parts of that ownership group that still exists with the Red Sox. Warner's a weird dude. And John Henry's his own interesting type of person. Oh, I hate uh, John Henry, too. We're an anti-John Henry podcast. I even jumped on that bandwagon. I, um, I don't, I've not many in, people that like him. Like, Lucchino and Henry, though, were always, like, the guys who were, like, the faces in the media of Red Sox ownership. So yeah. I want one of two things. I either want the owner to be a fan of the team or, like, Bob Kraft, or I want them just not to talk like uh, Wick Gerbiak or whatever the hell his name is, the owner <laughs> of the Grossbeck. Celtics. Grossbeck. Yeah, Grossbeck. Yeah, Wally. I'm thinking of like Wally Zerbiak. I was like, Wally Zerbiak is the owner of the <laughs> Celtics. Yeah. <laughs> um, or the I don't the the Celtics or the Bruins owner, the guy who like owns the conglomerate that owns the Bruins. You don't hear from him. So I want one of those two things. I don't want you to only care about the money and be the face of the franchise. Hey, he wanted to do everything. Larry wanted to be uh, the man of many tasks. I don't blame him, but yeah, he's doing. You know. I, I feel like you don't like him. Um, yeah, no, he's definitely, he's definitely gotten some haters over the years, but he at least seemed to be the most normal human of the ownership group. So I did like that part of it, but anyways, sorry, I had to bring up that. It's all good. I mean, listen, watching the, I I was waiting for Kevin to bring up his hatred for Sox ownership at least sometime in the show. I have it listed. I think I'm like for the Steve interview and notes. I'm like, wait for Kev to start ripping Red Sox ownership. (laughs) Got it out of the way at the 42 minute. Before the th- the before the forty five minute mark, Kevin, I'm proud of you. <laughs> I think one when I'm done with this show, we need to go back and just the top five most ridiculous moments that I've had. Um, fit in the one episode. That's why we're just doing top five. Like we're not gonna put all the mom jokes in there, but we're gonna put in like when I propose to someone, my rant about hating uh, the Red huh. Sox ownership. When I propose someone three thousand miles away, my rant about the Red Sox ownership. 
My best for my literacy. <laughs> yes, me yelling at you for your literacy. Me yelling at you about paying running backs. Me calling my family to <laughs> tell Cruz about my mom leaving. Like I think that's the top five. Wait, who are you? Uh, who'd you propose to? <laughs> so, my sister <laughs> went to grad school in Ireland. Absolutely. And great place. When I when I graduated college, my dad and his girlfriend sent me and my dad's girlfriend's son over there for a week. And we, my sister had this really attractive, really nice British friend who I talked to almost every day. And we had her on the podcast as a joke because I made jokes about wanting to marry her. And Jared was like, we need to have her on. So I invited her on. We had her on. I proceeded to get drunk and propose to her at the end of the episode. I, I respect that. That's a solid move. Just it's jump right all- to it. Boom. Proposal. Literally the main event of our hype video for season five. So <laughs> I have not gotten a yeah. no yet. I think I think honestly, Kevin, she's waiting for you to get your shit together and then she'll say yes. <laughs> she she didn't talk to me for a few days after that, but I didn't get a no. <laughs> that is hey, no. Communication after the event is very important. The fact that she didn't just cut it off completely and there was still some discussion actually carries some weight here. The fact she, she laughed still- too. She she thought it was funny. She did not recognize the humor in it. That was a great show. <laughs> See, by the way, that was two nights before the Super Bowl, too. <laughs> yeah, we started yeah, talking about soccer and me proposing to someone. We talked about the Super Bowl for a grand total of seven minutes that episode. I didn't know if I was pissed or laughing my ass off or both. I didn't care. I was like, this is great radio. <laughs> I mean, all about like, the content, man. I mean, we all were basically – everyone except for Pat was picking the uh, Buccaneers anyway, so it didn't really matter. Played too much on the Chiefs. Dumb idea. Yeah, no. I, I the second the second I watched Mahomes, basically, like the whole Kev hit on the nose when he said Mahomes can't read a defense. I'm like, yeah, Bucks by ten. Um, all right, let's talk some baseball, boys. Let's do it, Steve. Ha, Steve, so I gotta ask you, as a you know, you cover the Red Sox for a living. It's what one of the things you do, but honest expectations of this team, man, because I called it bottom feeder baseball for the Diamondbacks and Red Sox as a joke. But I don't know if it's right for both teams, because both teams can finish in first, in second or third place in their divisions. We don't know. But what are you thinking about the Sox? I, I can guarantee you the D-backs and Red Sox are not finishing in first in their divisions. I, think I, I said that second or third. Really. I said second. I thought or third. you said first, second or third. I, 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 I almost said I slipped. I'm like, <laughs> nope, nope, not happening. No, I uh, I feel cautiously optimistic. Um, you know, for multiple reasons, they needed a guy like Kike Hernandez. Uh, for his characteristics, for his you know personality and his versatility, I like that he can play anywhere. Uh, we had Joe Kelly on the live BP show, and he went out of his way to be like Kike Hernandez is a better Brock Holt. Um, he can actually play plus defense at literally like any position, which is very important. Um, I like the addition of uh, Marwin Gonzalez. I see everyone's flipping out about these like utility guys. Haim was not going to go out and sign some, you know, George Springer or some big contract guy. You're not going to make the Mookie deal and then just for the hell of it, spend a ton of money um, just to keep the fans happy. That's what they did with Pablo. Like, don't don't do that. So I'm glad they didn't do that this offseason. The, the starting pitching is what I'm focused on. The Red Sox had the highest batting average in the American League last year. So I'm not really worried about the lineup, uh, especially considering they added some bats and some depth. Uh, Bobby Dahlbeck, a lot riding on Dahlbeck this year. A lot, the most is riding on J.D. Martinez, if we're being honest. If he has another year like last year, then um, the Red Sox aren't going to go any. I, I just, as a team, I never, as a for a baseball team, I never like saying with one player if they suck, 
the team's not good. But JD means so much to the vibe and the um, the intimidation factor of the Red Sox lineup. But if he stinks, that's just going to change the whole dynamic. So uh, if you're going to look at one player that needs to play well, JD's the guy. But I'm focused on the starting rotation. Uh, Tanner Houck, I love Tanner Houck. Love everything he brings to the table. He hides the ball very well, has an intimidating presence, a lot of zip on his ball. Not worried about, like, he doesn't seem to be intimidated at all by, like, pitching at the majors, which uh, we've seen some other guys come up. Basically, anyone else that pitched for the Red Sox last year looked like trash um, outside of Martin Perez. So it was good to see him make his debut and have, like, an 0.7 ERA in three or four starts. Uh, he'll be in the rotation. Nick Pavetta might be a stretch guy. Um, you know, going further down, Garrett Richards, everyone was flipping out because he had two bad starts in spring training. And calm down. It'll, it, Garrett Richards will be fine. Not worried about him. But for me, the most is riding on Erod. And he had COVID and he had seemingly one of the tougher times recovering from it than any player in professional sports. So how he comes back from that is going to be very important. And um, yeah, that's kind of my general approach to the team. Cautiously optimistic. And a lot is riding on Erod and J.D. Martinez. Uh, Erod, he had the heart condition, right? That came from COVID. Oh, yes. And, and so that then became, he couldn't even walk. I mean, it was just, it sounded like it was just a mix of literally everything. He's like, I have a heart condition. Uh, I can't walk. And I mean, forget pitching. He wasn't going to come back to throwing baseballs. So yeah. he had a good start the other day. That was productive. That was good to see. I was concerned at some point last season, if he was even going to be on, you know, the opening day roster. <laughs> and now it seems like he's going to be the opening day starter. So um, good news as a Red Sox fan, but yeah, I'm keeping my eye on Erod uh, at the top of the rotation there. Hopefully he has a huge year and can kind of set the tone for the rotation. Can I give a very baseless claim that I have no statistics to back up? And Steve, you're probably going to tell me how wrong I am for X, Y, no, and that, Z. Those are most of my claims. What do you got? Weirdly, I'm, I'm getting a 2013 vibe. A lot of people are. I don't know why like, this. I feel like we need one more pitcher who's kind of, you know, a little older towards the back end of his career, kind of like a Jake Peavy or a John Lackey type. But I, I'm getting that vibe. This team's a very likable team. It's a very some of the guys. A lot of the guys are very fun guys. You have some big names. You're going to have Chris Sale as the season goes on. Once he comes back, you have J.D. Martinez. You have Xander Bogarts. You have the star power, and then if you just get, got a lot of role guys, which a lot of those guys in 2013 were at that point in their careers. Yeah, I know there are some comparisons to 2013. They definitely committed less years and money to the guys that are coming in than the 2013 team did. But, um, yeah, I, I just think that the pitching staff, man, that's what it comes down to. It comes down to the rotation. 2013 had a better rotation. And the Red Sox aren't going to go anywhere if they're just going to give up, like, 10 runs every night, which, my goodness, that felt like every single game last year. So, I do understand the comps. I think Haim has put a team together that can mm -hmm. compete while he's also trying to rebuild the farm system and have consistent uh, chances to make a deep run uh, in the playoffs, hopefully get back to the World Series relatively soon. We'll see. But, um, yeah, I'm stuck on that rotation, man. Like, it's we love Perez, and we did the whole Perez Day thing, and uh, he got really into it. The Red Sox team account started using it. I don't like when they do that. It's like, come on, we started that, man. Stop. Don't do that. But, um it's going to ride on him. It's going to ride on him. It's going to ride on Hauk. It's going to be on Garrett Richards, Erod, uh, Matt Andrees. I think I say his name wrong every single time um, as a depth guy in the bullpen. So we'll see. I'm cautiously, cautiously optimistic, but there's a lot. I just can't wait to see real games. We haven't been able to watch like any of these spring, uh, spring training games. It's driving me nuts. 
Yeah, I couldn't even I had the MLB package for about five minutes before I canceled. I couldn't even get a hold of Dimebag's old spring opener. I was pissed about it. It's bad. It was like a, it was a lazy Sunday, sock spring opener. And I'm sitting at home like I got it. And shout out to EEI. You know, I, they pay me currency, which is fun. But like I can only listen to it on on the AMWEI. And I'm sorry, Nesson, but that's a joke like that. That the first game of spring needs to be on your on your station. There's just no doubt about it. Garrett Cole started today wasn't even televised. I don't know. It's, like, it's, what are we doing? Like, what are we doing? Like, that, all these games should be on TV. It makes literally no sense. And and I, I if they want to say it's a money thing, I get it. A lot of companies have been struggling. Um, even Bleach Report, we basically had to, like, can our whole uh, England branch um, in London. So, like, I get it. A lot of – every company is going through cuts, I understand. But – I'm not even asking for much more than, like, the friggin' press box cam. Like, if you just gave me that on, like, Nesson.com, I'd be happy. Like, at least that's something, as opposed yeah. to having to listen to the game. So, it's been a real problem, and everyone's pissed off about it. I'm glad everyone's upset. I'm like, we have something to be upset about that's not COVID. Like, this, is, this is nice. I mean, I will give a shout to MLB.com because I was I had to pay bills that one week, and I was staring down the barrel of the full price for uh, MLB.com it's to hefty. watch my Diamondbacks come in third place. I was like, you know what? I call them up. Except for being on hold for like 38 minutes, I went through an entire mission sequence of Assassin's Creed Valhalla and was almost done when the lady picked up the phone. And she was so nice, so sweet. I'm like, listen, I will probably get this right back in, in like December, like July when you drop it to 60 bucks if my team is in last place. But until then, I'm not giving myself any hope. But like, yeah. you know what? They were really good about it. But I, because last year I put myself through that torture. We were disgusting. I was appalled at how bad our team was. The only thing that made me happy was one man, Dalton fucking Varsho. I love this kid. Him and Josh Van Meter and Josh and Josh Rojas. Apparently, we have the eighth-ranked prospect uh, for eight, no ninth-ranked uh, farm system according to MLB.com as of today. So I was like, that's pretty cool. So maybe the future isn't. Inc- we'll sell them to the Red Sox, Yankees in ten years, but who cares? Um, <laughs> my biggest question, Stevie, is, dude, is Mad Bum actually going to be good this year? He's two and zero in spring training. He looks good. Like I, I watched, I watched it all, every one of his innings already. I was like, this is not the guy I watched literally give up ten runs a game last year. I am like. I, I can't I, – I'm not trying to give myself hope here, but Mad Bums actually look like he's worth the money finally. Yeah, I actually watched um, – was able to watch one of his starts, and he seemed to have more zip on the ball, which was good. Also, his presence was was back to what you expect it to be. as like, oh, this guy's actually intimidating on the mound, and I need to be worried about him. Um, but, yeah, last year, man, like I – not gonna lie, I wasn't able to watch many games. Wasn't he like a six-five ERA or something? Like it was, it was rough. Yeah, he didn't get his first win to the last game of the regular season. You just don't want that. I, I just looked it up, and that's bad. And you definitely don't want that to happen. So it's unfortunate. How many years, by the way? How many years did you sign him to? I think it was three. Three? Okay, that's. I, yeah, it was. I mean, was it a big contract? Like the problem was, we just got out of the Granky deal. And the thing is, we have a really good young road. Like, like the the like the. Zach Galen, I swear to God, that man gives me hope and dreams for an actual playoff berth. That man can just absolutely deal. Him, my boy, my favorite Diamondback, Cattell Marte, all these dudes, there's hope. But at the same time, it's just like then there's those jackasses in Los Angeles and the other guys in San Diego. So there's there's very little. <laughs> I'm just yeah, hoping one, it's, one catches a bad tough. series. You're in a tough spot. Uh, I, I do respect your dedication for the D-backs, but – that division is just going to be so oh brutal. God. I mean, you have a good chance of having the two best records in baseball 
not just the National League. I'm putting money that literally like the two best records come out of the National League West. I but here's so crazy is like everyone's like I saw I either see third or fourth with Diamonds. I because like everyone knows the Rockies are a dumpster fire now. Everyone knows it's yeah. back to back to business as oh, usual. They're, they're going to be one of the worst. They're going to be going for the top pick. Yeah. I think. Yeah. I don't even know who the how the top prospect is right now for the, this next coming year. But um, usually I hear about this kid already. But um, the Giants, I feel like besides Yastrzemski, it's just kind of like a bunch of mismatched parts, and I'm not yeah. buying it. They're still coming off the glory of those like three, the six years where they won every other year. So. I have hope that we'll finish in third. Maybe sneaking is the last wild card team. Yeah, but. hopefully. I mean, it's again they the fact they're not bringing back that last team for the playoffs is super stupid. Like I love that um, this year. It shouldn't take a pandemic for us to have like the coolest rules a baseball season's ever had. Like why can't Thank we just you. do that? Why can't like, we just like do that? Like let's have let's have universal DH. Let's add a playoff team. Let's make this more fun. And no, that no bad idea. Let's go back to, you know, less teams, more pitchers. hit. I Nothing in sports has ever made me more upset than pitchers hitting. It is the stupidest thing ever. And and no disrespect to Mad Bum, because everyone always brings up Mad Bum. Oh, but like, Mad I, Bum I was about to say like something, but I was like, wait. No, it's just like Mad Bum hits a homo once every 80 at bats. Like, I, I, yeah. I hate it. I hate it so much. And and it, I, again, if you want to make baseball cooler, I think a great way to do that is take someone that doesn't really get baseball and just kind of plop them down and explain the rules. And if you told them that pitchers hit in one of the leagues, but they don't in the other. Also, pitchers that get to the big leagues haven't been hitting or practicing hitting for years, yet we have them hitting at the top level of the game. It is so <laughs> idiotic. And the one league thing is so dumb. Like, what are we? It's oh, it, it makes me friggin crumble. On the inside and on the outside, and I lose my mind. But anyways, I the second I found out that was back, I literally lost my mind. It was like, you you idiots. Capital I idiots. Kev, so, we have to bring back Miss Across the Pond to ask her that exact same question and then send it to Steve. Because <laughs> she has, I guarantee she barely knows jack shit about baseball. We'll tell her that exact thing. We'll ask her honest to God opinion just for like n- off the show content. It will send Steve the first link to it. Because he I'm telling I mean, you. No, no, you're right. That's why I asked you before, just so like I can get my anger and emotions out. Yes, we try to be kind of McAfee-esque on the show, but at the same time, we're different people. I'm not a crazy jackass who jumps off the top of a boat in a full suit on college game day, even though that would be awesome. I love, I I mean, that man is literally, he's replacing Cowherd as my idol in in podcasting, but. um, I love Cowherd. I'm glad you said that. A lot of people hate Cowherd. I, I love I'm Coward. a big Coward guy. I, he's the reason I got into broadcasting. I listened to him when I was 10 years old. I was like, I want to do this. If I am not good enough to play sports, I want to do this. So besides my shitty grades and my shitty grades and my bad reputation with my 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 department in college, this is what I'm doing. So, um, dude, I'm telling you, with, with Cowherd specifically, I like how he takes a different angle to talking about sports, and it's not just all this X's and O's stuff. A lot of the X's and O's, and like, oh, he's not good and. And, you know, the seventh inning when it's like raining, like I I just I enjoy observing the team, observing Sox games, observing baseball games and just trying to have a different opinion on it, a different kind of point of view. Cowherd's the king of that. Let's be honest. I mean, he's I think he's one of the best at doing it and doing a solo show is like next to impossible. I mean, yeah, Joy Taylor, but she just I I, I miss Christine Leahy. I cannot stand. I know. Joy's Joy's kind of tough, man. Solo shows. I, 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 it's Kev, tough, Kev, man. I, it's tough. 
Oh, I, I don't have you... anything against anyone who does them. Like, just personally doing a couple of them uh, on my own yeah. shit. It's it's so hard. It's a different it's a different animal. I'm getting ready for it because for EEI, they're going to have me do post-game shows for the Red Sox. And that's going to be a whole, like, I'm going to try to have ev- literally everyone on the planet call in so we can just friggin' talk. Like, I don't. I don't want to talk to myself for like two hours. <laughs> Steve, how do you need to let us know? Yeah, dude, I'm telling you, hop on. Like, you have to be a maniac to just talk solo for two hours. I don't know how people do that. Steve, I'll help you <laughs> out. I'm, I, 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 I will be more than happy to hop on and do it with you. I yeah. am a Red Sox fan. If you need some help, just the Twitter DMs are open. It's not even help. It's just a human. Oh, just someone else to talk to. I mean. That's, can, that's I know you don't need help with the baseball. No, I know. I can I can do the solo show and it'll be fine. But like the concept of it is what's always blown my mind. Just solo talking for like two hours. It's because you'll just bring up a point and then it's like, what is the point over? <laughs> the, yeah. now, now, now I just bring up another point. Like it's it's very it's a very bizarre concept, but I'll just have to get used to it. No, you know, just talk to the guys at WEI. Just. Give them my Twitter handle. Like, I'll hop. I will do it with you. We'll co-hit it. You can do 99% of the work. I'll just be there to let you know when points are over. Kevin is what it's called. Kevin is comic relief. That's what he's going to be there for. Yeah. Exactly. And points. Just for <laughs> you, Steve, I won't make any mom jokes on the air. That's perfect. That's that's good for the audience because I think my mom would be listening, honestly. So, like, that's that's good for the folks at home that are tuning in. But, again, I mean, that's another reason why I need the team to be good. Like, absolutely need them to be good if we're going to be doing a radio show every other night, breaking down, you know, an 8-4 to four loss to the Orioles. So, they better be good. That's worst-case scenario, man. If you lose 8-4 to four to the Orioles, you guys are really fucking in trouble. That's when you know it's bad. <laughs> I'm telling you, if you lose to the Orioles, that's when you know it's bad. One of my favorite pictures of all time was from that 2018 season when it was Benny, Andrew Benatendi, making a catch in left field. And the scoreboard's behind him. That has the standings. And the Orioles were 60 games back. <laughs> Jesus like, imagine being 60 <laughs> games Oh my god. Is that right after they dealt Manny, too? Yeah, Let's just string a couple together, boys. Maybe we can make I'm a run you. for it. They got rid of Machado, and just when you say tank, I mean, it was like tank, all caps, and 60 games back. Like, that is, you know, it's an incredible image, too. Benny's making a catch, and it's just like, yeah, Red Sox are really good. Orioles are absolutely terrible. You know what's crazy? Is that, like, they're historically not a bad franchise whatsoever. No. But it's it's just, they have not been run well. They had that one good year where they had Chris Davis on his amphetamines and yeah. my boy Adam Jones and a couple other dudes. But, like, it cracks me up to the point of, like, I love seeing – it's sometimes like we arch the, the franchises were so good in our childhood. I mean, like, Steve, I'm only, I'm only 26 uh kev's 25 so maybe we were a little behind because you i mean you said you were 14 when i was 10 years old so you're a little more i'm 24 i'm 30 i'm I'm pushing the three now stop making me feel old jared i'm 24 listen just because i I turned 24 26 in less than three hours i don't want to hear it all right like (laughs) like nothing i'd rather be doing is i'm about to turn the big two six but like hey i'm telling no mid-20s is a sweet spot you got to enjoy mid-20s I oh was yeah just no, i'm, I'm yeah. loving life because i have the wisdom yeah. of the older 20s but i still have the youth of the younger 20s it's perfect you can still say mid-20s which is very important the second i turned 28 i was like i can't say mid-20s anymore i gotta say Listen, like off the 20s and then it's just over one of my best friends steve is 32 years old he i call him old man about three or four times a day so it, it, it gets pretty fun oh, when, when you get to 30 you just got to be ready for every joke in the book 
You, oh. And you just got to just absorb it. Unlike Michael Thomas, you got to just absorb yeah. the negativity <laughs> instead of just being like, no, but you suck. No, just be like, hey, it's fine. I'm th- yeah, sorry. It's fine. It's like now. Na- oh. like- also, Jared, by the way, I would never, never put the words Jared and wisdom together. <laughs> you only unless, see me at my worst. <laughs> unless has no is in between the two words. Mm. I have a ton of wisdom, actually. I just don't really use it that much. Okay, I was going to wait to ask you this later, but you brought up Mike Yastrzemski. Spell Yastrzemski. You've asked me this before. I am Pol- <laughs> I'm a Polak. I can't even spell that shit. Oh, I got <laughs> it. I got Yastrzemski. Uh, Y-A-S-T-R-Z-E-M-S-K-I. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, there you go. It's Yastrzemski. That's how I remember it. Okay, that's a good trick to remember for later times. Okay, yeah. um... Yeah, Kevin also will. <laughs> Kevin tried to do a corner booth spelling bee once, and I literally wanted to throw my phone at him through the screen. I <laughs> also wanted to. Have, I also wanted to have a corner booth wonderlick test, and you said and no to that too. I love when the intern won the poll. By the way, is the best part. I <laughs> want to take that even more now to prove the poll wrong. I voted. Jared, have you just taken the wonderlick. The poll stands. The poll yeah, speaks. I took it. What'd you get? I got like a twenty-three. Samir, have you ever taken a wonderlick? No. I took it drunk, though. Me and Mark, it was, like, our fourth show. And, like, Mark's like, hey, take the one look after. I'm like, okay, I'm, like, trash. He goes, you'll still do okay. I'm like, I got a 23. I was like, let's go. I'm not stupid. Steve, have you ever taken a wonder lick? I haven't, no. It's it's basically take, like, the it's bullshit logic. math. It's like a fourth grade. It's like a fourth grade. Um, what, what's the fucking test we take for college? Oh, shit. ACT, the, SAT. Yeah. SATs, like, take, like, a fourth grade, like, a fifth or sixth grade level SATs and then mix in some high school remedial math questions, and there you go. And it's honestly just – it's the time crunch that kills you. The SAT. You're, you're sticking – And you have, I have, like, a tutor. That thing sucks. Oh, God, Ugh. fuck SATs. I got a perfect score on my writing except for Kevin. Guess what? Guess what took off a point? Your inability to spell. An yes. underdeveloped thesis. I'm surprised Actually, it was only know, I, one I, point. Yeah, no, they also, literally took off one point for my spelling and grammar. That was it. They, I got a, I got an 11 out of 12 on the writing. I was like, let's go. Also, for <laughs> anyone curious, I got a 49 on the Wonderlick. I would say pretty good. I don't know what's good. I have no it's idea what a good one is. It's out of 50. Okay. Pretty good. I, 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 I may take it again tomorrow if I have a couple down minutes when I'm waiting for to get my taxes done by somebody because apparently the gu- I'm not allowed to do it myself anymore. Um, but I yeah, got no, I'm 40 while get- drunk watching Star Wars, too. All right, maybe I have to take it again. Trash. Um, I, I don't. I like. Oh, it's crazy. No, that whole one looking was a good idea, but I feel like Samir's gonna get like a twelve, and we're just gonna post on the fucking thing. Like we're gonna rip her into an apartment. Not gonna there. get a twelve. Come on, oh. look at. I just, I just remember the episode of the league when they took the Wonderlick test and like. The, the, Ruxin, the lawyer, got like a 15 and like the guy like crippled for about 10 minutes. That's how I see if like either Kevin or Samir ever got below like a 35 on it. And then there's just my dumb ass going 23, 23. Perfect. I, I, I fully accept that my critical thinking skills are better than my actual physical knowledge and wisdom. That's fine by me. I don't care. All right. Well, good. Cause the wonder looks based on logic. It's <laughs> critical we'll thinking. Well, well, I'll try it again, man. I took it two and a half years ago, so we'll see. <laughs> we should. Get... All right. So, all right.
Steve, I got to ask, though. So the new season's coming up. Who is that one surprise team, that team we're not going to see coming, that's going to basically blow everyone out of the water? I, I mean, Fridge, I was talking the Mets. And I'm sorry, I want to believe it when I see it with the New York Mets. I live in Mets country. I laugh at Mets fans on a daily basis. I went to see Mets Diamondbacks games for the last, like, 10 years. I want to sock their fans every time they get in my face. <laughs> Who is going to be what the Mets should be? The Angels. The Angels are making the playoffs. I'm just I'm just telling you right now, they'll finally find a way to put it together and have decent enough pitching. That's the issue. They don't have pitching. Like if they can finally like string some decent enough games and weeks and months together, there there's no excuse with the lineup they have and the pieces they have offensively that they can't make a playoff run. Um I mean, it's embarrassing. I, I know everyone loves going out of their way to be like, Mike Trout's the greatest. No one can touch Trout. But I'm, I still do hold the playoff thing against them a little bit. Like, if you're the absolute greatest player ever and you can piece enough talent around you, you should make the playoffs. It's, we're not talking about winning the World Series. You should make the playoffs. It's weird because I was thinking, like, I'm like, we talked about the Angels last year. I said they were my team, and you were, like, you were a little hesitant on me because I was on the whole, like, the, was it Rendon from who came over from Washington? And I thought with uh, um, Otani and like everything else, I'm like, okay, they got some hype around them. And then they just were like mid range the entire year. And I was just like, yeah. well, that's disappointing. But it's weird because like everyone's like everyone's going to take it to Texas, right? And then you got the Astros. But like no team in the AL, AL West to me blows off paper. Like, mm, like yeah. a couple years ago, you had the Astros who were fucking loaded. And then you had. The Rangers back in the Josh Hamilton years were just smacking the, the shit out of everybody. And then you had the A's for those two years when they just make the first round and they get killed. So, and the Oakland A's are just a meme in itself. But I feel like th- if there was a year for the Angels to get back, it is this year. I do like that pick. Um, Who is one team you think is just going to be a horrible bust? Like, absolutely. A horrible bust. Just like they're going to crash and burn. It's going to be hysterical how much they overpaid for everybody. Like, I mean, if, if you want if, if you want to do the overpaid thing, you could go with the Blue Jays that they think that just because they're adding all these pieces, that's going to make them a playoff team. And then they end up falling out of the playoff race. But um, in all honesty, I still got to do more like breakdowns on the out of market teams. Like I, I really just focus on the AL East, uh, yeah. the American League. I don't give the NL a ton of attention, but I don't like how many teams realistically went after it in the offseason. Like um, besides that, my, my pick was honestly going to be the Mets. And I, I mean, I would have let you slide with that one if that was your thing, because that was a meatball. But I just don't see them like. I almost see them like being like that team. Like, the problem is they still have the Phillies, who everyone's yeah. sleeping on. They're my sleeper yeah, team. And because, the Nats, they got the Nats the, in there too. Exactly. Like, and the Braves. And the fucking Marlins. Like that. The, the, the NL East tough, is tough division. Fucking, it's so yeah. loaded, and there's like no bad teams in it this year. Like usually in the NL East, there's always that one team everyone beats up on. Marlins. The Marlins Every, suck. Yeah, it's the Marlins. Or back <laughs> after the post-Ryan Howard years, it was the Phillies. Um, So, like, or the Mets for, you know, most of creation. But, like, this year, everyone improved. So, I feel like the NL West is going to be kind of like what – I mean, the NL East is going to be what the NFC North was this year in football, where, like, everyone's just going to beat the hell out of each other. Yeah. I mean, no, I, I can and, definitely see that happening. I mean, even, I, I'm stunned the Marlins made the playoffs. Like, that was, that was absolutely insane considering what they went yeah. through last year. I don't want to base much of uh, 2020 on what's going to happen this year, though. It was just such its own thing, and it's really hard to carry that into this season. 
um, especially mentally for these guys. You're playing in front of nobody. And then you have the bubble playoffs kind of sort of. And then uh, all of a sudden now you're just back to a full season and it's going to be a little bit different considering you'll have what Fenway's going to have 12% fans, which is odd. Um, but yeah, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't carry much over from last year, but the best division overall, like talent wise spread across the division is probably the NL East. It, it's, it's probably the NL East. I, I'd be surprised if, um, if that's not at least a three team race for, for first place, or at least a three team race for, for playoff spots. So we'll see how that shakes out. But, um, the Mets, I, I, I weirdly root for the Mets, even though they're a New York team, I think it's good for baseball when they're good. So I enjoy them being in the hunt and I also enjoy them doing Mets stuff and like, and, and messing up at all, at all costs. They're constantly finding a way to either tweet something out. That's a major error or hire somebody that's an absolute joke of a human. Um, so right when you think the Mets have like figured it out, they'll find a way to be like, Oh no, we're trash. Like we're like, don't forget that we're trash. We are still the Cleveland Browns of baseball. Don't get it. Don't they get are. It twisted. They, no, they, yeah. That's the classic. Don't get a twisted scenario. We we're trash. Remember that. Like, please remember that. I, I also have a way to fix the Mets. Yeah. What do you got? So I just need the Mets need to break, go back to their heyday. Their Daryl strawberry, their doc days. <laughs> So Steve Cohen <laughs> just needs to be in the clubhouse handing out little baggies of cocaine. Mm. <laughs> yep. Of course. The daily vitamins. Exactly. Get the swagger back. Get the cocaine back. Fine. It's, it'll solve It'll solve everything. Oh, my God. I, Until like, he gets just... caught, they're going to have the greatest start to any MLB season ever. Kev, I literally – this is how I know we've done the show for together for so many episodes. I knew exactly where you are going with this the second you said we got to bring it back to the heyday. I was like, oh, oh, cocaine. Exactly. <laughs> I said the same thing about the you. Uh, oh, listen, my, my, my boys actually are looking pretty good this year. I, I watched the spring practice the last couple of days. I'm actually – Yes, is handing out cocaine in the locker room. Shh. <laughs> No, sorry. Hey, NCAA, stop listening as of 15 seconds ago. It's not happening. <laughs> I mean, I, I also love the freshman, the freshman quarterback we just got, but that's beside the point. Um, all right. So, Kev, I, I know you weren't there for our. So, Steve's surprise pick, by the way, was the uh, the Angels. Angels, it's gonna happen. Yeah, to hop on top of that. I I mean, it's Albert Pujols last year, of course. He yeah, I was gonna say, did he get a time ago. machine? <laughs> yeah, uh, this spring he's batting 434 with a 1.089 OPS. So just that's going to happen this season. So just like keep those numbers going, and he's going to have he the greatest to, last year ever. He yeah, needs many home runs to reach 700, like and I think he'll get it. I hope he'll get it. I'm not going to lie. I'm I'm pissed about the homer thing. I wanted him to pass a rod so bad, and it's yeah. he would have to. <laughs> not only would he have to go, you know, go back in time, but he'd have to go back to like his best year ever. So anyway. That's that's unfortunate that that's not going to happen, but it's what it is. No, I mean that lineup though. An asterisk like Barry Bonds. Yeah. But that True. lineup, imagine Pujols with like prime Pujols with Rendon and Trout. The meat of that lineup is one of the scariest things I could imagine. I feel like also with the with the COVID with the COVID season, everyone's going to maybe have a little extra mileage on the tires this year because like it was only a half season. They basically were sitting there cooling their tires. They put like a half season where some teams went hard, some teams didn't. It almost felt like 
and then it almost felt like it was almost like a half start and it's done. I feel like this year a lot of te- a lot of guys who maybe just like kind of I, I don't I'm not saying guys were melded in last year in the season, but I feel like a lot of teams took prefer to get going or just never even showed up <coughs> Arizona. Um and decided to uh, you know, just mail it in for the whole season, put all the prospects in four weeks in. But um I don't know. This season I feel like it's gonna be crazy. I think we're gonna get a lot of long balls, a lot of no hitters, so a lot of crazy that's gonna happen. This this season feels like it's a quietness. Like the NBA season this year has felt very mellow. Like there's not been a lot of like big stuff. Like I mean, like listen, my Timberwolves are trash, but we have Anthony Edwards. That's all I care about up north. But dude's like, a stud. Oh my god, I love watching his highlight reel. But um, so is Kevin Garnett. Nothing came of it. Oh, relax. <laughs> so it's a poverty <laughs> franchise. Oh my god, Kevin, leave me alone for five seconds. Um, I mean, being a T Wolves fan's got to be tough. There's it's, no it's, getting yeah. around. Yeah, that. it's rough. That's, our, our 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 patron saint is Jimmy Butler, and he basically bullied Andrew Wiggins all, all the way to Golden State. So, seriously, <laughs> I, I, the more and more I hear about the, that team, the more and more I love Jimmy Butler and hate Andrew Wiggins. So it's okay. Um, I, I just like the I just have a weird vibe with the NBA. I think it's gonna be like, going to be a lot of crazies, a lot of home runs, a lot of no hitters, a lot of just like weird storylines, and they got like a loaded ass like salary cap on one coast and one on the other. And you've got the like teams like the NL, AL Central with the White Sox who have like a loaded ass lineup where they're actually going to put it together for once. I don't know. I, I'm waiting on a season with faded breath. And I never thought I'd say it about baseball this early, but I am actually excited. So, Well, we got a full year. we got a full year coming up. I'm going to be able to go back to Fenway Park, which is like my goodness. I've uh, been waiting for that for a long time. Did a tour last year just to go to Fenway. I, it, I didn't even – it's funny when they're, like, breaking down, like, this is the red seat. I'm like, I know what the friggin' red seat is. Like, thanks thanks for the update. But, um, but no, I just wanted to get inside. I just wanted to go to the park. I just wanted – it had been too long since 2019. We were there for the last series, and we interviewed um, Garen Austin. And, and then it's like, yeah, 2020 happens, COVID happens, and the team was – great year to be terrible, by the way. Looking back on it, I'm just going to try to yeah. – you know, Oh, yeah. Just try to silver lining the hell out of it. Be like, it made sense. It, it made sense <laughs> that they were terrible for that. Um, but no, I'm just glad that they're back and and seemingly a team that's going to be competitive. That's that's all we're hoping for. I mean, I uh, I uh, walk. OK, uh, Steve, I go to BU. So I'm like right near Fenway. I, oh, and it's so right I, there. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I love it. So I walk by a lot and like sometimes I'll walk by at night. And, like, I'll see, like, you know, gates open and there's, like, a little bit, you know, like, a, one of the fences. And I was like, what if? I just need to get back in there, man. I'm a Yankees fan. And I think Fenway Park's the greatest baseball stadium to ever be created. What if I just snuck in there? But I never I do. Mean, I'm a pussy. A lot of people do. A lot of people do sneak <laughs> in. And I never really hear them getting caught. <laughs> so maybe you should do it. <sighs> and but, then one no, day – we're going to hear about a random fire that popped up in Fenway. And we're just like, yeah. that, I guess Samir got in last <laughs> our, night. Our intern got caught. <laughs> yeah, so much, so much for that. But no, BU's in a good spot there with Fenway. And that whole area is solid. So that, that's a good place to be. But um, yeah, it is. I mean, Fenway's incredible. Like, I, I love the old school parks, man. Fenway, Wrigley, Dodger Stadium. Um, anything that makes me feel like you kind of go back in time when you when you walk into it. Like, that's what it's all about. So old Yankee Stadium was cool. Um, got to go there for, I went there to the, who's your daddy game and the uh, 04 ALCS with Pedro and, uh, that atmosphere, man, we were getting spit on, we we're getting sworn at. I was like, this is awesome. Like I, <laughs> I love, I love every part of this. Like, it's just, it was a cool experience that you're not really going to get now. 
Because the current Yankee Stadium is like a cruise ship. It's like you it's can buy shrimp there. It's that happens to have a field on it. Yeah, you can you can buy shrimp. You can uh, – you really – it's it's a pinky high. Yankee Stadium is very pinky high. And uh, it's unfortunate because the old one was very much like like FU. Like you, you got the vibe when you went in there that you were going to get beat up, and I liked that. That That was real – that was real baseball to me, but that doesn't really happen anymore. Now we got a section that looks like a courtroom for a bunch of guys Jesus. who are white wigs. I can't stand the new stadium. Yeah, I don't last, like the judge stuff. The last game I went to at the old stadium, I think it was Diamondbacks, Yan- Diamondbacks Yankees, Levon Hernandez versus Randy Johnson. I got to see my boy pitch one more time live. I like uh, that matchup. Even if it was for the opposing team, I just remember A Rod and Connor Jackson were in like a home run derby the entire day. It was great. But, yeah, no, like, I missed the old save because that, like, I felt like I was in history. I loved it. And, like, that, that's exactly what it was. You felt yeah, like you were, like, Babe yeah, Ruth was there. See, I loved Mickey Mantle. Like, that was one of my favorite legends. Like, that, like, everyone, I heard stories. See, I grew up in a family Yankees fan, so I had to root for the Yankees for at least an extent of the point because my Red Sox family were just irritable about baseball. But, like, I, so I got to watch a lot of Yankee games. So I went to the old stadium. I loved it. My first game, Vlad Guerrero took a damn like home run out of my glove. I was so pissed. It was John Olrood who freaking hit it, by the way, Mr. Oh. Batting helmet at first base himself, like just absolutely hit a, like a looper, right? To let the uh, short portion, right? I reached my glove out. All I see is Vlad's big ass, black, like black Rollins <laughs> mitt snatch out of the air. I was like, fuck. I was like this little nine year old kid. I was so upset, but yeah, I went to like, I even like, I've been to a couple states. I went to Fenway, loved, absolutely loved Fenway. I've been in the, I've been inside the Bleacher Bar in there. I love there to that place too. Nice. I got nice. trashed in that bar before I went to a concert at the Paradise, and I love the atmosphere. I, I love going to Boston, honestly. I, I'm, I'll never go to Boston go to clubs. It's just bar hopping for me. But like, you gotta, like, yeah, you gotta it, go to bars in Boston. Yeah. Clubs, is Ca- not a Boston I, I went thing. to Casket Flag for five minutes. Like, all right, this is all right. But like, my my Cast brother. My cousin-in-law, he lives in like a he used to live like a block and a half away from the Casket Flag, so we met him there. He's like, "Yeah, we're going to Bleacher Bar. Don't 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 order anything here. Just go go follow me." Like, <laughs> all right, bet. yeah. Just, so like the one thing I always bug me about, like one new statement I do love though, I love City Field. I love yeah. City Field. Yeah, nice. yeah, nice. it's really nice. I've gone there seven straight years in a row for Diamondbacks Mets, and except for the annoying ass Mets fans, I almost fight every year. Because when I watch Diamondbacks games, I get a little inebriated. And when they start losing, I start losing it. So um, there was one game. I think I think it was uh, – uh, who's their second baseman? The, the McNeil? It was like his come-out game. Like that was his big game. And I had Mets – I had these guys in Mets polos just barking at me the entire time. I'm like, I'm here with my grandmother and my step-grandfather. Y'all want to give me a break right now? Because I will <laughs> yell out in the bar. I don't care. But get the hell away from me. But – um. Yeah, no, I, it's it's crazy. I like the only thing is that's what I love about Fenway. They kept the tradition. I want to yeah. go to Wrigley so bad. I want. I don't want to go to that shithole behind you, Steve. That's on your wall. Fuck that place. That's that's <laughs> Satan's ass. For crack. a second, I, I was like, go. wow, that's a little aggressive, but I get it as a D-backs guy. But um, I I love Dodger Stadium just because it's again it's old school, dude. Like it, it, you go there and you just feel like yeah, Vince Scully definitely made a career here. It feels like he would. Welcome to Dodger Baseball. I'm like, I can just sense that vibe <laughs> yeah. there. It's very laid back, very Cali at Dodger mm-hmm. Stadium. Um, and then Wrigley's the best, man. I was so sad about last year, uh, obviously for many reasons, but with, with the losing the normal baseball schedule they had, because we were going to have Sox-Cubs at Wrigley. And that never happens, which is so stupid. It drives me absolutely crazy that Red Sox-Cubs never happens. Like, of all sports, 
to have the big markets play each other, which in terms of like which league it would make the most sense, baseball it would make the most sense. You have so many games to mess with, and yet you have these weird like interleague matchups that just only happen once every like six years, and you play at their place once every like twelve. It's like what are we? What is this? What are we doing? Like you have way more you have way more games to play with than any other league, and the Sox haven't played at Wrigley since might have been oh four or something or oh five. Like it's pathetic. Um, it was the same year the Yankees played. Yeah, I think it was 05. It's been yeah, way it's been too a like, hot minute. Like the, it, it, again, another thing that if you told someone that doesn't follow baseball, it'd be like two enormous markets with the biggest fan bases. These teams haven't played each other at this park in 16 years. They'd be like, what the hell? They would assume that there was some ban or something like the team like made fun. Of, Red Sox made fun of the Cubs, so they can't go back to Wigley. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I, I just I don't understand what. Uh, What's up with that? And I was ex- insanely sad. We had the trip plan and everything. And we're going to go to PNC Park. July 4th was going to be Pirates, Red Sox. And then Ooh. happened. Oh, so. my God. That sounds I, I have to know why I want to go to his PNC. Top one, PNC's I've, I've pretty. Walked around, I've walked around the Giants one um, in the offseason because there's a Bleacher Report branch out in San Francisco. And so we mm-hmm. took the trip. And it was this time, like, geez, five years ago. Um, and I was the nut that my first off day, I was like, I got to see the Giants park. Everyone else is like, let's go drink. I'm like, no, I got to, I got to walk around. The That's dedication to the damn game, Steve. <laughs> Shoot, I'm telling you, McCovey Cove is so cool. Like I just growing up watching Bonds, you know, go nuts every night and hit it to McCovey Cove. And then seeing it is like, wow. Like you, again, like you mentioned with Yankee stadium, yeah. uh, I'm not comparing that with the Giants park, but like you, you feel like history happened in that area. Like it very much feels like a ballpark. So that one's up. It would be the Giants Park and PNC are the two I want to get to. It's crazy to me is because, like, I, um, as a rival fan of the Giants, I love that stadium. Even in MLB the MLB 2K back when I was in, like, high school, I would try to have my, my right-handed outfielder go, go up post just <laughs> send it into the cove. Because that's, like, the coolest thing in baseball. The other thing is, like, I, I love the fact the ball lands in the water. That's, that's the coolest thing to me. I don't get it's, Maybe it's an aesthetic. The other thing was, like, you know, when we go to Fenway, you want to try to jack – I hate those center field home runs at Fenway. Either hit it down the life field line or jack it up like a fucking um, pitch shot over the uh, over the yeah. monster. Like, it, there's some, there's something about baseball stadiums that, honestly, you can't beat. Like, the coolest thing – one of the coolest things I ever see was I never saw a home run get hit into the upper deck or off the face of it at left field, the Yankee Stadium, the old place. I saw A-Rod drill one off of Levon, and I saw it – I heard it hit the top bleachers, and it sounded like an artillery shell going off because of the old metal and everything. Like, you can't beat stuff like that. You really can't. Dude, so you, I, I'm telling you, you never forget the longest homer you saw. Never. I was you – know, I, I mean, you guys, you guys were damn young, but I think it was like 96 – and I was with my dad at Fenway, and I saw Jose Canseco hit one into the lights. And I remember looking at him, just going like, "I didn't know they could do that, Dad. <laughs> like, I didn't, I didn't know it was like legal to like hit a ball to the. I just didn't know it was physically possible. And granted, he was on every type of juice possible, but um, I'll never forget that he just hits it up, and it just hit the lights and just fell down to the field. I was like, "What the hell was that?" But that always the longest homer always sticks with you. You never forget that. I mean, what's the longest homer you've seen hit like on TV? Because I mean, the longest one I've seen live was that A Rod shot. That was like 480. But like hmm. the longest one I ever hit was actually it was a scary moment. It was the it was the year it was the I think when Isring how oh no it was Jason Marquis got his leg shattered off a line drive. I think it was a yeah. Long. And so yep. I'm watching that game because you know and then my boy Justin Upton 
hit a ball to the back right corner, back left center field corner of Chase Field. I'm like, that ball would, was like a golf ball shot. I was like, it just kept going. I was like, and this guy isn't our highest paid player? What What is happening right now? I know. Well, I feel like Chase Field, like, makes homers not look as long because it really extends in the bleachers. Well, so, from a guy who's watched home runs there since he was like six years old, there's, I've seen guys like, like random, like backups hit a ball to the moon and it just looks like it just drops. It's, and, yeah. Yeah. Seats just keep going. So it's, it's like, they just, they just keep going back. It's not really stacked. So like the ones, I mean, Yankee stadium always makes it like, if you go to right at Yankee in like the third deck or something, like it looks yeah. like it's way farther than it is. I love when they try to tell us that it was wind tunnels where a lot of homers were going out there. It's like, can we just look <laughs> yeah, at the okay. distance? Just look at the number on the wall. It's short. <laughs> I played at ball fields all through high school that had deeper right and left fields than that. Like, come on, get yeah, the fuck out of here. It's ridiculous. But um, but yeah, go ballparks is the, is the summary. All right. I got one more question, though, because you do the AMA stuff a lot. Yeah, I love it. Anything? All the AMAs. Sure. Yeah. So do you have, so who is Mike the most fun interview you had with AMAs? Because like I, I, I try to catch a couple of them if I can. And so I've seen, I think you just did a Blake Griffin one recently, right? Yeah. Yeah. Well, so that I one I liked a little bit. Talk to Blake Griffin. Yeah. Yeah. So what, what is like one of the, like the, like the favorite ones you've done recently with the AMAs? Uh, Dwayne Wade. It's gotta be D Wade. It was, uh, probably five, six months ago, I think. And we had D Wade on. I didn't like Dwayne Wade because of what he did to Rajon Rondo. He basically broke his arm in the playoffs and acted like he was like, oh, you know, it wasn't me. And him and him and LeBron had moments where I was like, all right, guys, you're trying to be the cool kids, but you're not the cool kids. Like, so stop. And we had him on and I got to talk to him for like 30 minutes. Great dude. Just a great dude. He had incredible behind the scenes stories. I was asking him about that that famous photo of him lobbing it up to Braun and him about to just like slam it down uh in that game against the Bucks and he just I just love that man I live for that at this point uh for stories that I haven't heard before from athletes that I get to get those stories from like that's easily the coolest thing to me and he gave us a, bu- a bunch of behind the scenes stuff that I had never heard before George Kittle was really good Ooh, um very funny cool. guy I, I would genu- imagine dude genuinely hilarious guy uh Sean White got to talk to him over the summer Sean White was really cool um, the worst one was, uh, what's his face? Why am I blanking on his name? Devonta Smith, the, uh, the Heisman winner. And so <gasps> I love Smitty Kevin. Yeah, so like Kevin's face right now, folks, I think we have to put this as like a meme. Kevin's face, <laughs> you look like there's no Santa Claus. Like Kevin's like, <gasps> but here's the deal. It's not his fault. It's not his fault. It's he was doing it with like, car trader. Like, so a lot of, like, only a handful of the AMAs are actually sponsored. And when they're sponsored, half the time, the athlete doesn't even want to do it. And so he had his car trader shirt on and was just giving us yes, no answers the whole time. And, like, and he's a guy that experienced Nick Saban, your boy Mac Jones, you know, Tua Tagalagabuka. He experienced (laughs) all those guys. And he had to ring that catch against Georgia. I mean, that was nuts. So he's been in the middle no, I'm saying the championship. He caught that, right? Fourth and 26, Kev. Oh, second and 26. I second. thought you were talking about the LSU one-handed catch over in oh, over yeah. three LSU defenders. Yeah, that's completely – no, I'm just talking about the championship winning catch. And, like, that's – it's just crazy to me that he's seen so much and been in front of the Alabama media, which might as well be NFL media. Like, let's let's be honest. Um, 
and just was giving these like yes no answers. I was a little bit let down by that. But yeah, D Wade, Kendall, Sean White, those are guys that definitely stand out. And it's a cool experience. I'm not gonna lie. Like it's I'm now comfortable and I always kind of was, but I'm now comfortable talking to anybody because these guys are at the top of the food chain. So I mean, I will admit, like, as like a, like the first time we had you on, I was jumpy as shit. I never talked to anybody who's in the professional media before. And of course, you know, like it was so easy because I think the first time you came on, I don't know if you remember t- ever talking to Mark, but Mark, I think, said something so dickishly stupid to you. I was just like, oh, I got this. This is cakewalk. I just can't. He said something <laughs> so fucking stupid. I got this from here. And so. Yeah. And then the second time you came on, Kevin, even Kevin, can I tell him the story about how you were absolutely fucked up? I, I, I will on. tell the story. So I don't know if you remember that, Steve, but for like the first half, I didn't say a word. I know. I was like, is he gonna talk? Is and then gonna I was, it? and then I was drinking though, because I listened to section section ten all throughout college. And yeah. then by the second half, I had enough alcohol in me that I was like, you know what? Fuck this. We're gonna <laughs> yell at Steve for tw- putting up the picture of Mookie and Brock Holt and then we're just yeah. gonna move on yeah that's right that was that was right around then that's right I forgot about that oh my that god. dude it what a I mean I hear Mookie's name and I, he did the GQ my god he's Hollywood now man he did the GQ oh shoot so I, I hated that interview I hated that whole like I only, oh, saw, I, only saw bits of it but he looks I good I re-signed in Boston I expected to retire a Red Sox no you didn't you but here's the deal, though. I, I, like, I, I'm pretty sure he already said that. I feel like Twitter kind of made a thing of that this morning um, with, look, Mookie said, you know, he thought he was going to be in Boston his whole career. I feel like he already said that. So I, I didn't really think much of it, and I wasn't going to make some whole, you know, stink about it. But everyone seemed to be kind of flipping out that he said that. And I feel like I, he already said that months ago. I feel like he said that when he was on the Red Sox still. It was around the deal. I, I think – I don't know if it was a report that leaked, but – I do vaguely remember that quote coming out that he thought he was going to be on the team his whole career. And why shouldn't he? I mean, it for the production he gave to the Red Sox coming up through the minor league system, considering they can give guys enormous deals and have in the past. Why is Mookie going to think he's not getting that next big deal? So, um, yeah, I, I don't I don't know. I, I didn't see that quote and go like, oh, my God, like, what I- is what is Mookie doing? I don't blame him for not agreeing to the deals, but saying like after the first couple of deals, he should have been like, yeah, I'm probably not going to retire Red Sox. Yeah. Well, it's, it's hard. I mean, the whole situation is extremely complex, but at the end of the day, there was a chance he wasn't going to return to the team. If he hit free agency, anyone can say what they want to say, but I fully believe there was a chance he just would have taken, there was a high chance. He would have just taken the Dodgers money. Anyway, if you think Mookie stayed on through 2020 and then, would have taken similar money with the Red Sox and the Dodgers. You're crazy. Like yeah. that. There's just, I just see there being no chance of that. So um, that doesn't get factored in enough with the Mookie discussion that he likely would have been gone anyway. So whatever, like you traded him, but he looking at the current Red Sox roster, if the Dodgers gave him the exact money they gave him, which they would have, then why wouldn't he go to LA? So anyway, Fair enough. it helps me sleep at night. <laughs> Any, anything to get through the day, right? All right, so, Kev, sure. do you have anything weird for me before we roll on out of here? I do, and this does have to do with my proposed rule change. Ooh. Okay, oh. so what we got? There are three se- – so, this weekend, because I have no friends, I have no love life, my family was out of town, I watched the <laughs> entire history of the Seattle Mariners by Secret Base. That's three hours and 40 minutes. I watched the whole thing. 
Life choices. That's a Lord of the Rings movie. There are three seasons in baseball history where a pitcher has over 20 starts with seven plus innings pitched and two or fewer earned runs allowed in the 21st century. Can you guys name the pitchers involved or pitcher slash pitchers? If it was, I think one of them played for this team right here. I have a feeling one was Randy Johnson. I, I got to hear it again. I hate being the guy that's like, can you repeat it? But I, I need to hear it so, again. So the official wording, most starts with seven plus innings pitched in two or two or fewer earned runs in the 21st century. There are like three I, seasons with more than 20 of those or 20 or more of those. So they got to be plus innings, innings two or fewer earned. 2013 yes. Verlander? No. 2001 Randy Johnson? No. Fuck, he was like Ill- he was like goat status that season. Is Granky? No, you know Granky can't even make it past the sixth inning, even if he has a no-no. Come on, Steve. No, I know. I'm just, I'm just saying Granky's one of those guys that would be randomly be on there just because he's been around forever. What about CC? No. King Felix. Yes. I I figured must there's got to be a Mariner on there. Mad, Mad Bum. No. Yeah. Oh my God. Do you guys want a hint? Where's you guys want to go- Yeah, go for I it. I love hints. Jared yeah. just named all three. Oh, okay. 2009 Felix Hernandez, 2014 Guy. Felix Hernandez, 2010 Felix Hernandez. Sweet. Felix Hernandez oh, should wow. be a Hall of Famer. Now, actually, we should have listened better because he did a Mariner's history. So obviously it would be. Yeah, better. that's why I thought Johnson, but then I said Diamondbacks like a fucking idiot. So my rule change, the 2010 season, Felix Hernandez has the most games with seven plus innings pitch or two with two or fewer earned runs in that game. Mm-hmm. 2010 Seattle Mariners. His record was 13 and 12. Jesus. Oh my God. That dominant year. He Criminal. won the Cy Young. Wasn't an all-star because his record sucked because the Mariners could not give him run support. So if you get two or fewer runs from your offense, you get a no non-decision. You get no decision. You do not get I a get loss. on board with that. I like that honestly, especially like teams like teams who have like good young pitchers who get like kind of hosed because they're like they're like a year behind the offense. I do like this. The baseball historians would literally have a stroke, but like but, I, I like the idea. Who would the loss go to then? Oh, the reliever. Nova. Oh, Nover. Oh, okay. No, interesting. The other pitcher gets a win, and then so you basically you look at. Games pitched becomes more important with this rule change. But, I mean, look, if you have an ERA of 227 throughout the year, you should not have a record of 13 and 12. I mean, well, it's I, the lowest It's the lowest amount of wins by an American League Cy Young winner that was a starter. And now, obviously, he, last year with Shane Bieber doesn't count. But, um, so, Felix Hayes should have won the Cy Young that year. How about I propose this? How about instead of they don't get... A, they don't get a loss. We add a third number to a pitcher's record, which is a quality start record. And that goes in between wins and losses. And that is now taken into greater account when thinking Cy Young. And now when we're looking at pitcher's records, we can look at their quality starts records. And that's a number that jumps out of the page. True. I just think Felix Hernandez should be in the Hall of Fame. And I think this will help that. Yeah. King Felix is in a tough spot um, for Hall of Fame, and, and not even just based off of his record. Like his I, I career like, took a nosedive. It, yeah. yeah, he he did it 
how many years was he King Felix, basically? Is, like, is four like, or five. Well, yeah, like, I, 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 I feel like it was, yeah, around five. And there's not many guys in the Hall of Fame that have five dominant years that make the Hall of Fame. So I, that's going to like Sandy Koufax only played eight years total. Yeah, you've got to be, like yeah, you gotta be a in a unique Walter season. Payton thing to compare to another sport. Like, yeah, they didn't have that. Like, Hernandez is a little different because he still played a while. But you didn't have that many dominant years. But they were so dominant those years that you had. Yeah. It was basically six. He basically had six straight, like, dominant years. Uh, like a, look, a, like around a three or below or ERA. So King Felix played in Boston, New York, L.A. Hell, maybe even Miami, just based on the popularity of the city. He there would be much more conver- much more chatter about him making the Hall of Fame. He's still yeah. fucking, which cracks me up. He He's, was he was a stud, man. That that was King Felix was one of the few pitchers where like the Red Sox were playing and I had to watch. Like, I could not miss that game. I try to catch every game as is, but, like, you're watching every inning of a King Felix start. He was insanely dominant. But it is unfortunate he was in Seattle. That's tough. He's, like, I would say the Megatron of, like, one of those Megatron types of baseball where it's, like, he's so dominant, but, like, yet he's on such a shit team. And, unfortunately, in baseball, being a good pitcher on a shit team, you are fucked. Well, (laughs) especially out west, man. Like, it's just... It's hard enough for how these mar- how they market these guys or, or lack thereof. Like it would the amount of primetime games he would have been on Sunday night games if he was on the Red Sox or Yankees or Dodgers. Like it would have been nuts. But you saw King Felix on the national stage rarely, if ever, which is unfortunate. That dude. I also think it's wild if you look if if the Mariners could have paid their stars better. Or at least convince people to say, and I know they're they're in a tough spot being up in the Northwest. They arguably could have had Felix Hernandez, Ken Griffey Jr., Ichiro Suzuki would have had to move to right or left field, Edgar Martinez, A-Rod, all on the same team. And if Edgar Mar- time- Wait, what, what, what was Edgar's last year, though? 2002. All right, yeah, fine. Edgar would- yeah. <laughs> then, all right, fine. Sorry, sorry. A Rod instead of Edgar Martinez. That's fine. That's fine. I mean, where, that's a lot of money. That's a lot of dinero to to pay to all those guys. Yeah. yeah. Yes, and that that's what I'm saying. Like, if the Mariners were in, like, if it was like an L.A., a Boston, a New York, they could have had that money and won multiple World Series. Who knows in the World Series? I mean, the Yankees have proved you can throw as much money as you want at people and not win World Series championships. Ain't I right? Ain't I right? (laughs) Oh, very right. Don't worry. (laughs) Also, Edgar Martinez's last year was 2004. Okay, so I was, I was, I was. Felix's was 05, his first year, so it it would have been tough for him to be. Yeah, so it still would have had to be a Rod. I'm just saying, like. Yeah. Yeah. All right, you boys ready for the uh, Motley Crue music and last call? Because I'm not feeling the smooth jazz today. All right, so here we go. All right, ladies and gents, we have four people in the studio for last call today. So, guys, something crazy happened today that I didn't think was fucking possible in the NFL free agency period. A player was reverted back to a former team because he never played a snap for the team he got traded to. Marquise Goodwin today was reverted back to the San Francisco 49ers from my Philadelphia Eagles. It's honestly maybe not the worst thing. So, me and Kevin have argued about Marquise Goodwin's value. I said he's a third receiver at best. Kevin said fourth. Guy can really run two routes, and he's fast. Um, Eagles save $4 million and they get their seventh-round pick back. 
Marquise Goodwin never even played the snap for the Philadelphia Eagles. I find this fucking hysterical, irritating. It just it just adds to the headache that the free agency has been for the green and black and silver because we basically have been a joke because our biggest nod was re-signing a team glue guy and getting a backup quarterback possibly. So, you know, this just to me, I didn't even think this was a rule, but because of COVID, he never even set foot in the facility. So he was able to go back and we got our picks back. Basically, the trade was undue, basically. Which I find that's hysterical. bizarre. That is oh odd. God. Oh, I, 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 I didn't even know that happened, but that, that's pretty nuts. I like quirky sports stuff. That's right in the mix. That was just the, the dumbest shit I saw today. I was like, you got to be fucking kidding. And of course, every Giants, Cowboys, and Skins fan I know was texting me about this shit. Like, <laughs> you guys are such a fucking joke this offseason. One of your players reverted back, and I'm like, so? He wasn't going to play anyway between between possibly Chase, Smitty, or Waddle and, uh, like, Rieger, Fulgham, and High, Hightower, and Watkins. He wasn't going to get a damn snap, so who cares? But uh, just that's just a joke. That just sums up my Eagles offseason. I'm just so happy. Like, ever since my, my, my 25th birthday, my Eagles have been basically, besides the Darius Slay signing, a fucking nightmare. So hopefully when the clock strikes midnight – the curse of my 25th year is gone in Philadelphia. All right, <laughs> Steve, thank you so much for coming back for round number five, man. Let's give it up for Steve, guys. Let's go. Five Let's go. Twitter. Nobody I'm else has come close. All right. I mean, I <laughs> gave him like a, I gave him an epic intro. So I mean, I mean, the only person who might beat you is when Kev gets goes on his own show full time and comes back on because he can't stay away even if he tries. But should, should yeah. we send Steve a free Steve shirt? We have to because we here has his belly up shirt. It just took me a fucking arm and a leg and twisting Design Tree's arm to get it to him. <laughs> like I literally had to call him four times and finally I sent Steve a DM and I'm like, hey, they finally sent it and he's like, cool. I I got I even it. Checked, got it. I was just like, fuck. At least they sent it. At that point, it's the post office's fault. That's, oh my that's God. all that matters. Getting it was all that matters. I, I greatly appreciate it. Yeah, anytime, guys. I'm always down to talk uh, talk baseball specifically, but talk sports in general. I mean, I'm just excited that we're what? We're less than, it's like, I think, 15 days until opening day, something like that. We're basically two weeks away, um, two weeks from this Thursday. So a lot of fun times around the corner. It's going to be very busy, but um, I'm looking forward to it. It should be a lot of fun. That's going to be a great time, man. Uh, um Where's that Bart Scott meme? Can't wait. Can't wait. Can't wait. Can't wait. All right, uh, ladies and gents, we want to wish you a happy, healthy St. Patrick's Day. I've been pounding Guinnesses the entire episode because, you know, it is the season. Um, I'm going to be enjoying stupid things like axe throwing. So if I would come back missing a limb tomorrow, that would be kind of a joke. Uh, ladies and gents, happy St. Patrick's Day. Steve, thanks for coming by. As for me, uh, my partner in crime, Mr. Kev, and the intern Samir that is it that is all Pat's back Thursday for live stream where we react hopefully my Eagles actually fucking doing something probably not <laughs> boys, oh. <laughs> yeah, yeah probably boys anything else before we sign off no fun show alright ladies and gents that's it that's all next time we come on I'll be an older man peace peace, peace. Hey guys, Jared. Thanks for checking out the Corner Booth Pod. Be sure to check us out on Twitter and Instagram at Corner Booth Pod. This podcast is brought to you by the Belly of Podcast Network.